episode 440 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. We're actually on a regular schedule tonight, Josh. That's weird. Yeah, it is. A little odd. We're not used to this anymore. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it'll be pretty normal for for a little while at least. Um, I don't think I have any travel coming up that we know of, and I don't think you do either. Mm, No. No? I think the next thing should be Extra Life, actually. So... All right. Well, we got a bunch of new releases as you, uh, as we would expect in September. A couple of news items. Uh, a little report on where I went to Los Angeles last week. Uh, another segment of Around PS Nation. Uh, what we're playing and watching. My review of the Logitech G633 wired headphones. Uh, Josh's review of NHL 16. My review of Hee Haw. On DVD, and Josh's review of the Carol Burnett Show, The Lost Episodes Collector's Edition, and maybe some emails. We have no idea. Uh, Included are going to be two interviews. Uh, They're not real long, but we have a couple of interviews as well. So, all right. Well, before we get going on the new releases, let's go through the uh, normal stuff so people know how to reach us. Because God knows we're so incredibly tough to reach. Uh, just, I mean, it's just, it's just impossible. We're nowhere to be found except for at our website at psnation.com on the forums at psnation.com slash forums, uh, the contact us section over at psnation.com with our PSN names, with our voicemail line, uh, you can hit the contact us button and actually email us that way. Or if you don't want to do that easy thing of clicking that button, you can just email us at podcast at psnation.com. Yeah. Podcast at psnation.com. Also, my mouth stopped working. Hmm. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find Josh at PJFJosh. You can find me at TorgoPSN. And uh, the main account for PlayStation Nation is at PSNation. Uh, you can, uh, I don't know, like maybe use that affiliate link section over at psnation.com. Go shopping with all of our cool affiliate links and help us pay for our bills. So maybe, yeah. just maybe, we can afford to go to PlayStation Extreme. Or Extreme? <laughs> it's Extreme! PlayStation oh, Experience boy. in December. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Hmm. Maybe I was looking at Extreme Downhill or something for the PlayStation <clears throat> 1. Not sure. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on TuneIn Radio. You can find us uh, at Stitcher. So if you go to Stitcher.com or you go to the app, you can find us on Stitcher in the video game section. Uh, there's a bunch of other places you can find us as well. You can uh, actually, like if you have the podcast app for iOS or Android, if you have one of those, uh, you can just go to our main site and you'll see a subscribe button on there on the left side and uh, leave us a voicemail at WDT-Torgo on Skype. You can find us at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash page. You can find our podcast network over at VGEVO.com. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Is it. Wait, so, oh, okay. <laughs> so I have to pay attention again? You're the one that wanted me to do that at the beginning of the show. Eh, that's good. Doing what, what you've asked, and I still get shit. No, I'm Glenn cannot win. Watching the Eagles, sorry. Yeah, me too. But watching them lose to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, whole three points. Yeah, um, that might be enough. A couple of teams lost by one point yesterday, just saying. Well, then 
the best they could hope for is a safety, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, okay. <laughs> Well, tell us what the new releases are going to be this week, Josh, or next week. Yes, next week. Um, Oh, my God, this is already? Holy shit. Starting on, yeah, there's a lot of weirdness here because of dates and everything. Yeah. Um, So on September 20th, which I believe is a Sunday. Yes. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! All of the Toys to Toys to Life games are releasing on Sunday. Oh, God. So, I don't know why, really, but that's what they're all doing. It's probably um, because it's also coming out, coming out on Nintendo, and a lot of that Nintendo stuff releases on Sundays. Maybe? I thought they did Friday or Saturday. Do they do Sunday? Sunday, Sunday is Nintendo's day, yeah. Yeah. That's why whenever we were at MGC for the uh, the party on Saturday night, people would go over at midnight on Sunday yeah. and get their stuff. All right. Um, so the Skylanders Superchargers Starter Pack, ooh, seventy four ninety nine, and that includes the game, the Portal of Power, and this is another new Portal of Power. God. Um. But this one, actually, so that's one thing you could appreciate about Disney. They use the same one for everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Lego remains to be seen, you know, if this goes forward, if they're going to be using the same one. But Skylanders? Well, I don't think you can get a bigger yeah. one for, for Lego. I think you'd need a garage by then. Well, this one for Skylanders is pretty big, actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, this, the new portal, it's it just has a big base so that you can put a vehicle and a character or two, I think two characters in a vehicle yeah. was, was their plan. Um, plus it has the trap in the back. So you can use the trap um, figures, not the figures themselves, but the, the traps. Right. Uh, and put those in there um, to use them as well. Um, so uh, it also has uh, two uh, superchargers characters one superchargers vehicle and one collection poster. Mm. Yes, so you can see all the stuff you're going to have to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Show it to your kids, folks. I'm sure it'll be yeah. fine. Um, the vehicle itself looks like the regular version of the one that I got the special edition thing for at yeah. E3. Yeah. Um, the one that I got to play with at E3. Well, I played with that at E3, but I also played with uh, one of the boats they had, one of the submarines. Yeah, that the was submarine. There, which was pretty cool. That was neat. Um, so immediately, you're going to have to buy. Well, you're not going to have to buy, but if you want to unlock those sections and have more fun. If you want the full Skylanders experience. You're going to need at least one sea vehicle and one sky vehicle. Uh, because all you're getting is a land vehicle to start with. Right. So think on that, people. <laughs> and be prepared. All right. So that is $74.99. There is also a dark edition, which might be Amazon exclusive. I mean, these are the ones that sometimes I've seen them only at GameStop. I've seen them only here, only there. I don't know. Um, but there is a dark edition listed on Amazon. It is ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, GameStop has it listed as well. Okay. So this one includes game, Portal of Power, two 
same two characters. They're the dark version of the characters. Two vehicles. Ah. So you're getting the dark versions of the land and the air vehicle, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, one chaos trophy and a two-sided dark edition collection poster. Mm-hmm. So you're getting an extra vehicle, a chaos trophy, and that's pretty much it. And they're all the dark editions. You know, I think that GameStop only has the Wii U version. Huh. Let me look here. Oh, no. Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS4, PS... Okay, there we go. It was just acting weird. Gotcha. Uh, And then GameStop has... It looks like only for the Wii U version... If you get it from them, you get a Skylanders Superchargers comic book. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Totally worth going to GameStop for, especially if you use our affiliate link for GameStop over at psnation.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course, there will also be a host of characters and vehicles and things available so on the same day. How are they... How is this $25 more just because it has the dark versions and has one extra vehicle? It has an extra vehicle and the uh, Chaos Trophy, which chaos. I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but the vehicles sell for – the vehicles and the characters on their own. The vehicles sell for 15 bucks on their own. Okay. The characters sell for 13 on their own. Hmm. Okay. So, so you're saving like what two bucks? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or I wonder maybe do they not sell the dark versions of them right now or something? I don't think they. I don't think they've ever sold the dark versions separately. You have okay. to get that pack to get the dark versions. Okay. Well, that makes a little bit more sense then. As far as I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have Skylanders, but I don't have a thousand of them, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only nine hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've never seen them out in the stores though. Okay. Um, only in those packs. Okay. So, um, there will be a, the sky slicer and the dive bomber, which is the sub that we saw. So those two were the ones we saw at E3. Right. Um, the crypt crusher, that's another, uh, land vehicle. That's one I, I saw at E3 on the floor. Um, but that's it. Uh, And then some characters are also available. Of course. Uh, And we talked about it, I believe. I'm sure we did. Um, But you can pair any character with the vehicles. But if you pair the right character with the vehicles, I think you get a bonus. Um, Yeah, I remember right. That that rings a bell. Yeah, that you get like a a bit of a boost uh, for having the right character with the right vehicle. Right. So, which, of course, sold separately. (laughs) Hey, Activision is, you know, they're struggling. They need some money. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, they're just just going here and there. You know, they they hate money like Konami does. Oh, wait. Nobody hates money like Konami does. There's also, I don't have this listed in there, but there is also the Skylander Superchargers Racing Sea Pack. That will be available that day. Okay, that is thirty four ninety nine. Uh, and with the C pack, um, yeah, it is match character and vehicle to supercharge. Mm. 
Um, this, wow, it really doesn't say what's in it. <laughs> just buy it, sir. Just buy it. No, that's more calendars. Just buy it. Like I can see it. I'm looking at it, but it yeah. really doesn't say what's in it. Um, it is the deep dive Gil grunt. We saw that guy, uh, the sea trophy and the reef ripper, uh, water vehicle. Hmm. Um, it says, I guess with the trophy, I guess when you put the trophy on, that's like a playset in Disney infinity. I'm guessing, uh-huh. uh, because it says new racetracks, races, villains. Um, and it is called the sea racing action pack. Hmm. Okay. So, so I would assume that, uh, putting that trophy on there unlocks like a, a set of racing tracks. Hmm. Which could be cool, actually. Yeah, but for 30 what bucks? Jeez. 35 bucks, yeah. Yeesh. Well. But now the, you're up to 135 bucks. Yeah. But the Disney ones, like Toy Box Takeover and uh, the racing one, I believe they're both nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Um, and it's just one of those pieces that goes on as a playset. Uh, what that does is that opens up a whole playset. Um, wait, did I? I reviewed Disney Infinity, didn't I? Yo, last week? <laughs> seriously? I don't remember? Are you, are you being sarcastic right now? No, I don't remember. Oh uh, my god! The toy box. You did it in two parts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah the the toy box takeover. Uh, that's I don't think that's out yet. Um, but the the other one, the racing one, I'm really interested in, and I know that's going to be twenty bucks. Um, but I don't even know what the date is on that one. Mm. Um, so and I'm the wrong person to ask. So I'm, I'm guessing that this is similar. That they're seeing what Disney's doing, or they had the same idea, and they said, "Well, twenty bucks, and then we'll add in a couple, you know, a character and a vehicle to sure, to play sure. with it as well." I'm I'm guessing at this yeah. cuz it doesn't really say. <laughs> <laughs> um there's not a whole lot of information on this page here. Mm, that doesn't surprise <clears throat> me. Yeah. Okay. So, we also have uh Blood Bowl 2 mm. on the PlayStation 4 for 49.99. Finally, we've been getting PR stuff for this for months. Yes. Um yeah. A brand new graphic engine, new dynamic camera, compelling story-driven solo campaign. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of um, turn-based strategy, but a football game with mutants. And, and it's it's uh, characters from, I think, Warhammer 40K, I think. Um, but it's kind of turn-based. It's not just regular football like you would play in Madden. Mm. It's an interesting game. It looks gorgeous. It's beautiful. I know that we had a report on one of our E3 podcasts for that one. It's a newly designed persistent multiplayer league mode. Yeah. Where coaches can manage their clubs and stadium and lead their teams to success. Ooh. And a marketplace where coaches can purchase and sell their players. Oh, of course. Yeah. So by, the way, Eagles, by the way, the Eagles are down 10 nothing now. Yep. Just letting you know. Yay. Well, officially nine nothing, because Atlanta hasn't gotten the extra point yet. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, the TV's right in front of me when I sit here, so 
I don't have to look down for it or anything. Onward to uh, FIFA 16. Dun, da, da, da. So that's coming. Indeed. Uh, that is fifty nine ninety nine, and yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good last year. Uh, Raj seemed to really like it last year. Yeah, no, their FIFA is actually always really good. Yeah, uh, and this is the first one with a woman on the cover. Woohoo! And they have uh, women teams. Yes. Yeah. Um, this also has the deluxe edition. Which is sixty nine ninety nine, and that is up to fifty dollar added value in football ultimate team packs. Please stop saying up to. Jeez, they will not. Stupid marketing people. Um. So, ooh, if you pre-order the standard edition, at least on Amazon. You get up to 15 gold packs over 15 weeks. That's a $15 value. Ooh. Wait, up to $15 or actually No, that 15? is $15 value because ah. it's gold packs over okay. 15 weeks. Okay. Now, for the deluxe edition, <laughs> you get up to 40 premium gold packs over 20 weeks, which is a $50 value. Apparently. All right, then. Up to $50 value. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Um, ooh, you have to redeem the code before October 11th, 2015. Ooh. Hmm. That seems... About three and a half weeks. Yeah, but... Well, by the time it comes out, three weeks. That must be their uh, bonus offer, standard edition stuff that Amazon is doing. Because that's... Like, codes in the box usually are good for at least a year or two. At least, yeah, at least a year. For these, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Mm, okay. Interesting, yeah. So that's coming. Then we have NBA two on Friday, uh, September twenty fifth. Uh, I almost left this out, but I was like, ah, oh, just it's Friday. It's the same week. <laughs> Rainy. Wait. Well, yeah, but it's we'd the probably same talk week. about this by the time we have to do the podcast next week. Yeah, I know. But then but the Lego is coming that following Sunday, and that's true. It's a whole thing. So it's game companies are just screwing us all up. Don't yes. they know that we do a podcast on Monday nights most of the time? Yeah, so NBA 2K16 Early Tip-Off Edition is $59.99. And the Michael Jordan Special Edition mm-hmm. is $79.99. I wonder what that extra 20 bucks gets us. Probably some junk. I'm going to um, say a digital code for uh, so that you can actually have some Air Jordans for your character. Because that's worth 20 bucks. Digital Jordan shoes for your oh my, my player. God. Digital Jordan T-shirt for your my player. Oh. Digital Jordan jersey for your my player. Thirty thousand virtual currency. So you can get some from your crib. My team VIP plus three emerald packs and a new special edition exclusive moments card. And now here's your physical stuff. Uh, you also get a Jordan NBA 2K16 poster, uh-huh. which will be all nicely folded with creases. Beautiful yes. for you. <laughs> and I wonder if it's, <clears throat> if it's uh, old school Jordan or is it like Jordan from four weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And a Jordan fathead wall cling. Wow. Well, that's not bad for 20 bucks because those, those fatheads are kind of expensive. 
Yeah, that's what you're looking for. I mean, if you're into it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't really cared about Jordan since the late 90s. Yeah. (laughs) When we we drove down to Chicago to see a... Or no, actually, we went and saw a Bulls game uh, with the Bucks because it's so much easier to get the tickets for the Bucks games. That's why all these people come out from Chicago all the time when they want to see a, a Bulls game because... They sell out. No, it's true. No, it sells out in Chicago right away, so they all come to Milwaukee to see yeah. the Bucks play, or the Bulls play. So, all right, uh, PS3 Skylander Supercharger Starter Pack, mm-hmm. same things. Uh, Superchargers Dark Edition, uh, FIFA 16, and FIFA 16 Deluxe Edition. All right, and um, the NBA 2K Tip Off, but not. The Jordan Special Edition. PS3 can't handle the advanced graphics of the Jordan shoes and shirt and jersey. Apparently. Next gen only, yo. Yes. Yeah. All Uh, right. That's it. All right. Well, on to the news. We only got a couple news items this week because we have so much other stuff. Um, And it's it's actually been kind of like slow for news news. I don't know. Uh, First up, though, this was kind of... Kind of hinted at for a while, and, and now I've seen it at a couple of different events. But uh, we may possibly have a release date for the PS4 and Vita versions of Super Meat Boy, uh, which originally were thought to only ever come out on, on the 360 and, and whatever Microsoft consoles. Uh, they found a loophole, and, and they're able to actually bring this thing out now. Uh, so right now, the date that's been added to the game's official page on PlayStation's website is October 6th of 2015. And the cool thing is you get it for both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. Pretty badass. And also, it's one of the PlayStation Plus offerings for that month. Hmm. Not bad. I don't know if that means that they're, it's free or if it's cheaper or what. So, no official word from Team Meet or from Sony yet on that. Um, MJC says, you know, this could just be an error. Um, and I haven't heard anything since he put the story up, so... Keep your eyes out for that. I did see it at PAX. I didn't play it. I didn't have a chance, but I did see it there, and uh, it was running on PlayStation 4. So I've seen it in the wild. So for you people out there that really like a challenging platformer, a kick-you-in-the-nuts, but also satisfying when you finish a level platformer, Super Meat Boy is the one for you. It's a really neat game. It's I just fucking suck hard. It. Yeah. yeah. It, I love watching it, though. I think it's just there's so much character and style in it. I just, I just love how they did it. Yep. Cool little game. Yeah. So there you go. Hopefully that that's the date, October 6, 2015. But you know, when we find out, we'll let everybody know. All right. And uh rock band harmonics has released the final track list for rock band four, uh, which includes the final 13 tracks uh, that were unknown up to this point. Right. Um, it's a mix. It's yeah. always a mix. Yeah. And there's like three or four in there that I'm like, yeah. And the rest I'm like, Neh. I know you're all over <laughs> Mumford and Sons. <sighs> I'm sorry. They're, you're too cool for them. Uh, so <laughs> Mumford and Sons, REM, Imagine Dragons, Group Love. Gary Clark Jr.? No. What? No. His album is fantastic. Well, if you say so, then it must be. You know who he is, don't you? <laughs> He's the guy that sat in with Foo Fighters 
uh, in Austin on Sonic Highways for that song. Mm-hmm. Oh, his album's awesome. So just letting everybody know. It is a really good album. I love it. Uh, who else? Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Well, Warning. At, least it's not, at least it's not Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Gin Blossoms, Dark Wheels, Brandy Carlisle, Brad Paisley featuring Keith Urban. Ooh. Johnny Blazes and the Pretty Boys. No idea what that is. Je- it's probably one of those uh, in-house harmonic bands. It like might they be. Had on, they, where they had the, here's a crap ton of free songs. And it's all from like local us yeah. bands that we well, made up and nobody knows of. <laughs> that's the uh that's the pre-order bonus, you know, you get those 30 free songs that are all like local indie bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Jeff Allen featuring Noel LeBlanc and Na- Naoko Takamoto. <laughs> yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I know everybody's been waiting on bated breath for that one. <laughs> Finally. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so that's what's coming. And it's yeah. all coming October 6th, which is very soon. Indeed. And, I mean, remember, if you have any music from PlayStation 3, it's going to transfer, or most of it's going to transfer over to PS4. <laughs> There's only a few songs that are, I think it's like eight songs that won't come over. I think. I know it wasn't very many. It's probably the eight I want. The only eight I want. Of course, because then you can just be all mad about it, about it all. You can complain about it on the show for an hour. I'll be happy I wanted to. this song. Ah. Be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so... First up, uh, I get to... Yeah, I complain no, about this one, too. No, oh. I'm complaining because I went to the full list of songs. Yeah, and the link is broken? Well, the link is broken, but I got there on my own. Okay. And it's it's alphabetical. It's in three columns. And it's, you know, it goes across the top. One, two, three. And then the next row, one, two, three, alphabetically. Okay? <laughs> so... Top, middle, alphabetical, four non-blondes, what's up? uh, One of the shittiest songs ever written in the history of music. (laughs) Seriously. Dude, there's an Ed Sheeran song on Guitar Hero Live. Even worse, there's a Skrillex song in Guitar Hero Live. And there's no guitar in that song. Well... But the outfield is in Rock Band 4, so that's cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> and St. Vincent. Uh, St. Vincent, I'm all right with. Yeah. So speaking of Guitar, guitar Hero, uh, you know, I talked last week about the fact that I was traveling, and we finally got to reveal this morning that I actually traveled to L.A. for a Guitar Hero live event. Uh, so figured we'd talk a little bit about it right now. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about this game a lot, though. We were really fortunate to be able to see it at uh, E3 for for a good long time. Um, Josh also got to see it in New York City not too long ago, and I even had an appointment with it at PAX. So obviously, if they're wasting all their time on little piss ants like Josh and I, you know that they're trying to just get the word out anywhere they can. I, I figure that's what it's all about. <laughs> mm, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I no, no, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, no, they've been great, and and it, it's been a lot of fun to be able to take a look at the at the different iterations of this game and and to see it kind of grow and grow over the months. So uh, first off, I want it, it's really cool. So the event was actually at this place I didn't even know that existed. It's this YouTube like creation like production studios. But even cooler for me is that it was actually it's a building that was at Howard Hughes's old airport in, in L.A. So right outside the the front door, one of his little helicopters is mounted right there, all restored and everything. So I was just like all giddy about that. Uh, but uh, you know, I'll go through this kind of quick because you know you you guys have heard a lot of this from Josh and I already. Uh, what I noticed is that most of the people that were invited to this to this event had not played the game before. Uh, so when we were riding over on the shuttle bus, you know, everybody was saying, "Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet," and we kind of started a conversation about it. So it was nice because I actually, since I didn't have to like go in and try to learn the game and I didn't have to learn my way around, I got to put some real time into playing it, which was really sweet. Uh, the one thing that wasn't in the build that I was playing, though, was the actual kind of the, the tour mode when you're at all the different venues and you have the whole crowd view and everything else. I got to play a couple of random songs with that view, but they didn't have the full career in this one. So it was mainly with Guitar Hero TV, it's called. Um, which is a couple of different things. So that's where you have your a la carte songs, like if you just want to go into a song list and play specific songs, that sort of thing. That's where this is. And also the biggest part of it are the two channels in Guitar Hero TV where they kind of run different blocks of, of genres. So think back to, well, maybe the youngsters might not remember this or know this, but when MTV started Fit Kids, they actually played music. And what they would do... Is that what is, the M stands for? Apparently, it doesn't anymore, but it used to call, stand for music television. Hmm. So, <laughs> I know, crazy, I know. But what they would do is they would have, kind of later at night or on the weekends or whatever, they would have kind of shows like Matt Pinfield with, what I don't even remember what his was called anymore. 120 like minutes. One. Yeah, 120 minutes. So they'd have a lot of the alternative stuff, some of the metal stuff. I lived on that show, man. Sunday nights at midnight. The dude's voice is even worse now. I just heard him on the radio. But he wasn't even, he was like the last host of it. Yeah. The early host. Ricky Rathman for a while, wasn't it? There were, there were two or three different hosts before Matt Penfield. Right. And they were, there was like a British guy and then there was, it was was crazy. I don't remember him at all. Wow. I think he was the first one. It's been so long, Josh. But that was the thing. I I watched the crap out of that. And oh yeah, yeah. They were at. Um, I think I told that story when I had hair like halfway down my back, uh, just after college. They were at the HF Festival, the local station in DC, Baltimore area, uh, at RFK. Okay. And they were outside, and it was the guy who was the host at that time, but he had long black hair. He okay. was like a younger guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but we saw him and I'm like, dude, let's go over there. Let's go. Let's get on TV. And we walked <laughs> up behind him and we're standing there behind him. And I was recording the whole thing at home for nice. some reason, just in case. And I still have the the video of it somewhere. Oh, but of course you do. I'm standing back there with my friend and he's all clean cut and like wearing this nice, I forget what he was wearing, but here I'm right next to him with hair halfway down my back and everything. It was ridiculous. And we're just standing behind him the whole time. Like, Hey, what's up? Hey, (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of funny. I was like, Holy shit. I was on TV. That's crazy. 
was the yeah, first time that I pulled something like that. Yeah, none of that stuff ever happened here in Wisconsin or in Kansas. Yeah. You might be in the local news of the Grateful Dead were in t- town or something, but mm. yeah. Uh, so first up, you know, I got to go in and, and, and really focus on the game. It was kind of cool because uh, a PR manager that we know pretty well kind of pulled me aside. So at first uh, we had a presentation. They had they had the stage with this humongous screen behind them, and uh, they had you know kind of a, a little presentation by the team from Freestyle. There were a few people from Freestyle there. Talking about the stuff that we've talked about in the past here on the on the uh, on the podcast and even in your writing, which I linked to in the, in the article I put up today, because uh, Josh did this really lengthy, very superb write up for me three, and a lot of that stuff still pertains. Like I've just basically kind of got more stuff now. So after the uh, presentation, I, I kind of got to go back in this other room. So in the main room, they had a bunch of different pods where you would stand up in front of the game, play it, put headphones on, and you could just play. It was really neat how they had it set up. But they also have another room that we could go back into that was a lot quieter. There were couches, and you could just kind of hunker. And So I like filmed myself playing a couple of songs because I, I was going to try to do all this video stuff, but the, the layout wasn't very good for it, so I didn't really get anything done. But uh, it was cool because I got to go back and like set some stuff up and just kind of relax and play the game and not even worry about headphones, just have the speaker running and, and play. So I played a few songs got into it pretty well, and then uh, I actually got pulled away for an interview. So uh, first up, I did a pr- kind of a shorter interview because most of the stuff I asked about, they weren't allowed to talk about yet. <laughs> but uh, I got to talk to, uh, let's see here, uh, shit. Oh, here we go. So I got to talk to Pete Bucknell, who's uh, one of the producers of Freestyle Games. He's also one of the uh, MIDI producers. So he handles a lot of the tracks that come up or all the, you know, the, the, when the notes come down and you have to hit them, he handles a lot of that stuff. So let's take a listen to that right now. All right. Well, I'm at the uh, all-secretive Guitar Hero Live event in uh, Los Angeles and uh, sitting here with a representative from Freestyle Games. Introduce yourself and let us know what you do. Hey, I am Pete Bucknell. I, uh, like you said, from Freestyle Games, I am a MIDI designer with the company. MIDI designer? Yeah. Do you do that on Amiga? Or? <laughs> um, so I, I'm resp- me and myself and the team are responsible for all the notes that you see in the game. Like all the notes that you play, we, we decide what's, what's going to play best and what's going to be the most fun. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And, God, that, that takes me right into it then. Uh, is that something that you kind of made a science now, or have you had to reinvent it now with the new, with the new guitar, obviously? And, and you know, now that you've got the chord shapes, has that had to be reinvented, or did you just kind of evolve things? There's definitely a lot more freedom that we have with it now. Um, as like myself and the, mark, the rest of the markup team, the rest of the MIDI designers, we're all musicians, we're all guitarists, and so to be able to come in with this, this six-button layout gives us so much more freedom to make it more realistic, like you said, with the chord shapes um, and guitar solos and stuff like that, um, to make it more musically accurate and more fun to play and find a, a, a nicer balance now with this new and innovative platform. <laughs> so... One of the big things this this time around, it seems like there's actually a push to not push DLC, like not push DLC songs, that sort of thing. And instead, you're doing the in-game currency uh, that you can earn. Can you talk a little bit about that, like how you earn it and, and how it can be used? Mm-hmm. Well, in-game currency is just like one of the things that you can use in GHTV. Um, DLC is something we're not focusing on now because 
especially as GHTV is a, is a totally new way to discover music. And we consume music differently now to how we did five years ago. Um, so all the when you buy the game, you get the new controller, you get GH Live, and you get GHTV. So all the content in GHTV and GH Live is free to play. You don't have to pay anything else. There's no paywalls or anything. All the content is going to be there to play. Um, you do have the opportunity to use... Um, real money or in-game currency that you earn just by playing through the, the free channels um, and you can sp spend your in-game currency on plays which you can use to play a song whenever you want to right. okay and then when you get one of those plays and you unlock a song is that a one-time unlock or once you unlock it it's unlocked forever so with plays, plays will give you access to the song once. So if you, one play equals one play of the song. Um, there is the opportunity to, if you really, really love a song and you just want it whenever you want it, there is the opportunity to use uh, real money to have that song added to your bank so you have access to it whenever you want it. Um, but again, like you don't have to pay for anything to be able to play the songs. Okay. Uh, is there any set like interval or, t or like amount of time uh, that you've got set for adding new content to GHTV, or is it just going to kind of be, hey, here's some new stuff, let's throw it on there? It's going to be, what I can say is that it's going to be regularly updated. Um, it's, it's not going to be like years in between right. or anything like that. It'll be a lot um, closer than that. But we're going to be able to listen to the community um, with how big social media is now. We're going to be able to listen to the community, listen to what they want. Like if a load of people want a, a like in a certain kind of songs, um, we'll be able to listen to them and try and figure out ways to get th those kind of songs in the game. But it's going to be a regular. It's going to be a regular thing. Okay. Uh, so on the disc day one. How many songs are included on the disc, basically, or for the career mode? Uh, so in GH Live and GHTV, when you buy the game, hundreds. There's going to be hundreds of tracks you'll get a launch, uh, more than in any former GH Guitar Hero game, um, because we, we're able to put with GHTV and with GH Live, you're able to. We're able to put so many more songs in the game. So there's going to be hundreds. Okay. Cool. Well, I think we've covered what we can. So uh, I thank you very much for your time tonight, and uh, it, can't wait to play the game. I've been playing it quite a bit, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So nice work to the, to the team. Awesome. Thank you very much. So there we go. Uh, thanks very much, Pete, for taking the time to talk to me. It was, it was really hustle bustle there, so luckily we got it taken care of right away. Uh, so then I went back and played the game more. And uh, I was I was just trying to get through some stuff. I was going through diff the different difficulties because there's five difficulty settings right now, which I think will be in the final game. And you know, it took me two songs to get back into it when I first started because you got to just wrap your mind around the fact that you know now that guitar has three rows of t or two rows of three buttons, uh, so you can actually do chord shapes that sort of thing. And and uh, I got my mind back into it. I was doing pretty well, and then I accidentally. I accidentally chose a Pantera song, uh, Cowboys from Hell, which I love that song. Accidentally. I did, sure. actually, because I was clicking yeah. on it, I was talking to somebody, and I thought I hit mm -hmm. it, but I must have nudged the other thing. So all of a sudden it comes up, and I'm like, ah, and I recorded it. It was so bad. Uh, I actually have footage of that one uh, with the capture device, so it was, I was awful. But the cool thing is, unlike a lot of the games in, in previous generations uh, or previous iterations, I don't think you can fail at a song. You can. That's I good. mean, you, it won't actually turn you off. It won't shut you down. You'll just get a really bad score. I haven't seen yet 
where you can actually say, oh, you suck, you fail, you have to start over. No, you know, hmm. see, I don't think it will because, well, at least on the online portion, I don't know if it does it offline as well, but on the online portion. Well, on GHTV, no. The stuff you, that's just, oh, yeah, you I have step to in that, and step actually. out. Yeah, because yeah. we got on that MTV tangent. So <laughs> let me get back to that. So like on MTV where they would have the little shows here and there. So there's two channels. Each channel will always have content running 24 hours a day. But what they're trying to do is kind of stagger the genres that are on the channels. So on one channel, you might have kind of more top 40 poppy stuff. On the other one, you might have like heavy metal. And then you go back to the other one and maybe you'll have a country block for an hour. Go back to the other one and you're going to have like just kind of like old school 80s rock and roll, stuff like that. So they And I'm just using examples. I don't know exactly what they're going to have on it yet. But I also like that every now and then on those channels they'll have like a fake commercial come up and that gives you a little bit more of a break. Hmm. But the great thing about Guitar Hero TV is there's no penalties. So you just get in there and a a song can be halfway through. It's fun. You hit the button on the guitar and boom, all of a sudden the track comes up and you just start playing, playing the songs. Uh, If you, if you get a phone call, if somebody like motions you over, if you have to go into the kitchen, put a fire out, you literally just put the guitar down. It, turns off the tracks themselves, leaves the music playing. Yeah. And it's good to go. And I like that. drop in, drop out. It's yep. beautiful. And the cool thing also is, and, and we'll get into this a little bit, but it's still not really explained very well, uh, but what you're doing in, in that mode, along with every other mode, is you're earning XP so that you can get in-game currency, you might get some, some free plays, that sort of thing. You which is great. Because, note highway backgrounds. Yeah. And, so it'll, yeah. it'll just play the music videos when you're not playing it. Uh, so, which is great for for parties as well, yeah. and that's a great way to, uh, to to maybe earn some XP. Just let it run in the background. Say, hey, go pick up the guitar and play for a while, and then everybody can earn your XP. <laughs> play fun. for me, yeah. Oh, go over. Yeah, you like that song? You like that song with raisins in it? Go play that. So, and also uh, they they added something new that I got to see at PAX, but also here is they added the singing portion to it, and and it's pretty obvious that that is there for the party aspect to get some more people involved. Because uh, you can do local, you can do two-player already on two guitars, and now you can actually just pick up a, a microphone and, and start singing as well. Same kind of drop-in, drop-out gameplay aspect. Uh, they don't even put a, a microphone in the bundle because they assume that pretty much everybody has a USB microphone of some type. I was going to take the SingStar mics, but half my house is packed and I couldn't find them. But I'm pretty darn sure they're going to work. The SingStar wireless mics? Mm-hmm. Because it just picks up pretty much any USB compliant microphone, so I think they're going to work. Uh, but it's 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 really neat. It, it, it's very comfortable, very approachable, and and that's something that I really like about it. Uh, for the a la carte stuff, you know, you just go through the list, pick the song you want to play. You can create a, pl- a playlist if you want. So the problem is the bill that was there was was incomplete. Like I said, the, the career type stuff wasn't really in there. You know, the uh, the the two festivals that are going to be included out out of the box. So what's going to happen is on the a la carte side of things, you know, there are songs that are included on the disc. The songs that are not included on the disc, you can either just play in Guitar Hero TV when, you know, they roll through on the playthrough or you can choose to actually play one of those songs anytime you want. But you have to use what's called a play. And a play is just a token that you earn, you know, when you're working on the game and you can build them up. Uh, and, and what happens is you use that token, you play the song, and that's it. It doesn't unlock it all the time. It unlocks it for one play each time. 
But what you can also do then is, and, and this is where it got kind of in a gray area with what they could tell us, is it sounds like you can use in-game currency to actually purchase a song that's unlocked all the time. Yeah, I thought they mentioned that at E3 at one they point. They did, but they remember when they were showing us, they were like, oh, everything you see here is just placeholder. Yeah, they weren't 100% sure. They knew they wanted to do something like that, but they hadn't quite nailed down what it was going to be, how much it was going to be right. in terms of in-game currency or whatever. Yeah, so the plays thing is there. Those are those are going to happen, like the, the actual plays. But they would not talk about the in-game currency. They wouldn't talk about how much stuff's going to cost, anything like that. Uh, they also didn't really get let me get into something that I would really like to know about, and that is, you know how you can play two players on two guitars locally? What are you going to be able to do online? Mm-hmm. So when you're on Guitar Hero TV, there's a little totem on the left side, and it'll show you a bunch of different usernames. So what it does is it puts you in a group of, I think, 11 people that are close to your uh, skill level. And it's kind of like, you know, EA's Speedwall in a couple of the Need for Speed games, that sort of thing. It always puts a few people above you and a few people right below you, and it gives you that care to try to do better and better. Come on, there's nobody going to be above me. That's true. (laughs) Especially if it's some douchey 80s music nobody likes. Wait, I got that right. It's going to be, there's nobody going to be below me. (laughs) What was I thinking? (laughs) Sorry, I messed that up. Oops. So uh, so the in-game currency stuff is still kind of up in the air a little bit. It does sound like there's going to be online multiplayer, but they haven't really said what it is. When I asked, they said they couldn't talk about it yet. I'll, I'm actually editing that out of the interview that, that you just heard. So, But they've mentioned some stuff in the past. So we do know something is happening, but we just don't know what. Uh, because they say like at rank 10, pro face-off is unlocked. And, we, and I've seen that mentioned. So there, there is def- definitely going to something be, that, that's going to happen. We just don't know what yet, and that's eh, I'm kind of bummed about that. I'd like to know about that. Uh, also, what you can unlock so there, there are these things called premium events. So what it's going to be is you can actually go play like a three-song set of a band that's up on their own stage during one of their own shows. Uh, and what you can do is either you can buy your way right into the festival or right into that event with in-game currency, or you can play some qualifying events to, to qualify to get into that event as well. So, Which is kind of cool. I mean, they're giving you that option, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be super hard, but each one of those qualifiers is going to have a specific thing that you have to achieve. Uh, unfortunately, again, there really wasn't anything there for us to play except for the new Avenged Sevenfold songs. So Avenged Sevenfold uh, that they announced that day... That Avenged Sevenfold's gonna have, they're gonna have three songs available as um, pre order. So if you pre order the game, you're gonna receive three songs from Avenged Sevenfold Shepherd of Fire, Buried Alive, and Nightmare. Uh, but the cool thing is, they actually, all three of them are played uh, with video from a, an Avenged Sevenfold show from, I think they said 2013 or 2014, where they were up on stage and they actually had cameras up on stage and everything. So it's a little, little bit more than some of the other festival footage that they have for some other songs. Uh, and one of the nice surprises for the night was then I was given the chance to interview, uh, the lead singer of Avenged Sevenfold. He goes by M Shadows on stage. His name is Matt. Uh, and so I was in the same room with a guy from GameSpot. It was me and him kind of lobbing questions back and forth. Uh, and you need to listen to this now because he was super cool. We got off of, off track a lot, 
but he is a true gamer. He actually um, plays Call of Duty and MLG. Uh, he's huge hmm. into gaming, and he was just a blast to talk to. So give that a listen now. Uh, yeah, so how'd you get involved with you know, Guitar Hero Live? I mean, I know you've been with Guitar Hero a few times, your songs and whatnot, but... Yeah, I mean, this, this one actually came out of a relationship that um, we've forged through the uh, Treyarch Activision family, where, you know, a lot of the guys over at Treyarch we're really good friends with, and we started... You know, hanging out a little more with some of the people for Activision that put music in games, and we've had a huge success with the earlier Guitar Hero games, and, and we basically cornered them and said, if you guys do a new one and revamp the series, we want to have a, a major role in it, because it's been important to our band. Um, we've, you know, asked our fans numerous times how they've heard of us, or, you know, just kind of figuring out where, where the fans have been funneling in from and a lot of it's been Madden or Call of Duty or Guitar Hero so we want to keep that going so when we heard this was revamping up we wanted to be a part of it in a, in a special way other than just putting a song out oh cool so you you went to them first well they came to us and told us they were going to do it okay cool. and then we, they said do you want to be a part of it and we were just like fuck yeah okay nice but you know it was more of a talk about new games coming up and and you know, just the Black Ops 2 stuff that we were doing, and then possibly 3 stuff, and then it was like, well, Guitar Hero's coming around, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Nice. And your guys' music fits perfectly in the game, too, so... Yeah, we have guitars. Exactly. We have guitars, we're in. No Pet Shop Boys, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so, I actually asked our community for questions for you, uh, because I, I have a couple of your albums, but um, there's always people that know more about you, so... Uh, the first thing was uh, someone said, Are, "Have you like completely stopped screaming now, and you're just going to go to the singing?" <laughs> yeah, it's been um, four records, so I would say that that's pretty <laughs> it's much now? it's it's in stone. Yeah, I'm actually all right with that. I like the better, I like the newer stuff better, where you're not screaming at it. I do too. It always seemed weird, like you're screaming, and all of a sudden you were going to, the, and you have such a great singing voice. Well, you know, when we first started doing that, it was kind of a, a newer thing, you know. And we were a band in, on the Warp Tour in 2002. And we were out there with a bunch of punk bands. We were the first metal slash hardcore band even allowed on the Warp Tour, and we had clean vocals and heavy vocals. And then every single band on the planet started doing that, and we yep. moved more towards a classic metal sound, nice. which. Um, and it's, it's a lot harder to put melodies over things than to just scream over them. Nice. So yeah, we, we choose to go with that. Nice. Cool. Um, yeah, so like I said, you've been you've had songs with Guitar Hero since the first. Uh, I know the second was like Beast in the Harlot. Yeah. Playing that. Yeah. Um, how's, it, how's it been to kind of like see it evolve and like stuff like alongside, you know, just the fact that you're involved live in a like heavier capacity now and then you had songs in the early ones. It's been kind of cool to see the Guitar Heroes progress. It has been. I think um, it took a much-needed break. You know, it kind of got oversaturated there for a while. And I think if they were going to come out with something new, it really needed to be different, which they've done with the actual guitar and where the, the frets are. And I also think the idea of having a band get pissed off at you on stage and the, the crowd actually start, like a real crowd booing you, and you see it in their faces how bummed they are at you. It's, it's cool, you know. It's a, it's a new way of thinking about it, and it's kind of taking us into the next evolution of, of what video games should be, you know. Um, and so for me it's great and I'm just I'm glad that we have some downtime right now we were able to kind of piece some stuff from the earlier festivals into this and it actually works because you know you're, you're taking the live audience for their game and now we can put our live audience in there it, it, it works and instead of just kind of throwing a random thing in there so it's cool for us cool so what you need to do now is actually have 
like they've got all the fake bands up there now. Have your band on there and you're playing guitar for you. I know, I know. I think that'd be awesome. It would be fun. I mean, it would be great. It, it would be. Um, that would be up to them, though. I would love to, would love to do it. Um, do you guys have this on the bus with you? Do you guys play it at all? Or on well, this tour? we had Guitar Hero two when we were right. on it, but this we have not been given a beta of it. Oh, okay. So, and right now we're off tour. But um, the the first time I played it and got to see it in person was at E three. Right. Um, so I'm not really that good at the game yet because, you know, just it's a different – it seems like a different part of your brain that goes with the new frets and yeah. the white and black. You're, you're dealing with a lot more stuff. So it was a – we were actually talking about me playing this live today, and, and then it was like, that's a bad idea. It's going to make the, <laughs> gonna make the game look bad. <laughs> Just, yeah, so. it, it is. You have to change your mindset completely because you don't have to worry about – I never associated it with the colors at all. It's just, you know, the position of it. But totally. now when you have to go up and down, it's just uh, – Yeah. It's yeah. a new it's a new learning curve, but that's – it has to be that way or you're going to get the same game. Exactly. So I'm glad they did it. Me too. Uh, yeah, so our, my, our readers wanted to know if you play any other games besides these music games and, like, Call of Duty, like you just mentioned. Um, yeah, I play tons of games. Um Zelda is my favorite franchise of all time. Um, I love indie games. I love like Super Meat Boy gave me a lot of time because um, I I had to beat it to a hundred percent. Every Band-Aid, every single thing. thing. No, it took a long time. There are some levels I would spend days on because I wouldn't. I, I also I'm, I won't look stuff up. Yeah. Like and I had a friend that was competing with me and I found out she was looking stuff up the whole time like watching people do it and I was like how'd you beat that like because you have to figure that out you know yeah. like and she would beat like a level and I was like and then I found out I could hear YouTube in the background of her watching people do it and I was like oh that's how you fucking did it but no it took me a whole summer to be Super Meat Boy um, just waiting for the new Zelda um, like everyone else and then I mean every game you could think of I probably. <laughs> Games that take some sort of like action adventure skill, I'll play. Um, and Call of Duty, I like just for the competitive aspect. I like to be on there with my friends, and we like to do game battles and do all that stuff. You play Rock Band at all? Um, do I play Rock Band? I played Rock Band, yeah. Yeah. I had some. Uh, I play everything. Yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm. I'm. Not exclusive at all to games at yeah. my house. I'll play everything. Cool. How big of a trip was it to be not only have your song in Black Ops 2, but to have a little part in it too? Oh, that was cool. It was really cool. As a game, especially. Yeah, it was. It was nice to actually see how it's all done, all the the motion capture stuff, and get in there and um, try and act, which is funny, you know? Like, you're supposed to act, and then they sit there and animate you. So it was great. I mean, it, it was super cool. I, I just love the idea that we've done it. And, uh, we got some cool little things coming up for the next one, nice. um, but um, it's uh, it's uh, it, was, it was a trip to see ourselves in video game form. Just, form. I'm just glad Mark gave us the okay because you know that costs a lot of extra yeah. money and resources to do that. And he's just a, a fan of music, so it was cool that he would uh, put his team on that instead of working on something else. Did you actually have to put the dots on your face and everything? Did they capture? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We did, did, huh? did it all. Oh, yeah. wow. That's we went cool. in there and did you know a full day of in the suits and Holy crap. acting. It was fun, man. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> it was a trip to see how it all worked out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting process. Yeah, totally. And they send you like pictures of your face and you go back and forth like, no, it's weird. And they go back and forth and yeah, so it was interesting. And then the live performance, we all had to go into a studio and do all the dots and everything. And we played live like 10 times through it and they had cameras. So all that is a real performance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So it was cool. It was Didn't really cool. That. Yeah. It's probably similar to like 
seeing yourself in music videos, but is it weird seeing like you in a game now? See, that was way cooler and more interesting to me to see us in a game because the music video thing we've been doing for a long time. Um, and music videos are music videos, but games are, especially being a part of like a game like this or like Call of Duty, they're like so big and so many people are going to see them and you just kind of have to sit at home and be like, that's pretty badass. Like, yeah. it's totally stokes us out being, you know, who we are and the gamers that we are. It's, it's pretty cool. Cool. So in any of the Guitar Heroes, do you have a favorite song or favorite band? Um, Besides your own? No, they pick a lot of good stuff. Like on this record, you know, on this guitar, they have some Faith No More. Yeah. Love Faith No More. Um, I mean, they have an old song, but I think they'll probably start updating newer stuff. Um, Rage's Machine, um, System of a Down. I mean, there's some some classic good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, there's some Bob Dylan, I think I saw. Yeah, like, there's Bob, Bob Dylan track. So there's some good stuff. Um, for sure, um, and I'm sure as time goes on, they'll they'll keep feeding it to everybody more 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 stuff, especially with the way it is now, where you can just do it, you know, yeah, online, just get some new stuff in there, which is yeah. cool. Do you like playing your own songs, or do you stay away from that? Um, I'll, I'll play it. <laughs> you know what I really like though? Like I, I we tried to pick some songs that were a little more intricate or went some places, like you know, Buried Alive's almost eight minutes long, and it and it switches up in the middle of some cool guitar work. Because I remember when I was first introduced to the games, I was always going towards the Dream Theater stuff or yeah. the even if it's Dragon Force, whatever is technical and fast and like would change a lot. I always enjoyed that, so I wanted to put some songs in here that not only were like listenable to the average fan but also like technical to a point to where some fans are going to have you know fun diving into you know an eight minute song that right. changes a bunch so that kind of went into the process of what songs to pick as well cool do you have uh, any other like you just kind of asked this but do you have any like other favorite kind of songs to play guitar like this one yeah have you seen any songs that you kind of are looking forward to playing um anything technical for me, I like things that change a lot. I don't like when there's a, you know, I don't like typical song structures. That's kind of boring. I mean, if that's what everyone's here to do, then you might as well be a pop artist. Yeah. But I like when they put bands in there like like Dream Theaters or 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 old Metallica stuff or Megadeth stuff or I think Hangar 18's in here, which yeah. is it's a cool pick, you know, because it, it goes a lot of different places. Even though Dave Mustaine likes to do that little chromatic minor scale he does but it's, you know it's a great song It's and the solos are going to be cool to learn and I like that I like that when you get six minutes into the song you might come to a, pro- a problem spot and you got to start all over and really get that spot down and that to me is what, what gaming's all about that's where gaming and music mixes you know I just forgot what I was going to ask you oh so you kind of hinted at it but I don't know if, if, if it's what you meant Did like how much input do you have into what songs go into the game is it do they come to you and say we like these can we do these or do, do they come to you and say what, what songs would you want in the game no they basically said what songs would you want and we're not assholes so we didn't say we want 11 minute save me or some obscure <laughs> you know like we also want to do things that not only our fans enjoy, but that can bring new fans in. Sure. You know, Nightmare was obviously a big song for us. Um, so we know that that has the potential to bring people in while still being somewhat progressive. You know, it, it changes a lot and there's a lot of things going on. So for us, that's a winner. For Guitar Hero, it's like, okay, it's going to be fun to play and it's a big song for us. So let's offer them that, you know. Um, 
So we had like six different things we we offered up, but one of the guys here is a, a big fan. He knows our music inside and out, and nice. so we kind of talked to him about it, and we kind of all decided that the three songs we chose would be a nice little mix of different aspects of the band. Right. Cool. Do any other members of uh, Vince Stonefold play games a lot? Yeah. I mean, Johnny actually plays DJ Hero, which... <laughs> I've never played DJ here, but I think the freestyle. Yeah, yeah, they got both of them. Yeah. Um, so he's into that. Um, Zach tries to play Call of Duty. Every Call of Duty that comes out, he tries to play, and he just gets the f- <laughs> he just gets wiped out. And he's like, "Dude, are these like are these real people?" I was like, "They're real people, man. They've been playing like ten Call of Duties or nine Call of Duties." Um, but yeah, he's he's into that stuff. Um, and then Brian doesn't play games. Um, sister Gates doesn't play games, but uh, the rest of us we we play a lot of games. I play a lot of games. I've got like a gaming rig I take on tour with my internet. I have like dedicated internet just for me to play game battles at night after shows. Just <laughs> pretty funny. You play anything recently? Anything new at all? I'm playing a lot of Black Ops Three. Um, you know, I've been going to Treyarch and testing that out, and I played the beta for a while. Um, been playing. What do you think of that? I love it because I, I'm glad they got rid of the boosting. Um, yeah. But I've been playing all of them, so I'm like, to me, I'm like that one of those kids that's progressed with everything, so I'm good at it, so I like it. Well, Advanced Warfare, is, it was almost too twitchy, though, so I kind of like what I they did not with a fan of, I was not a fan of Advanced Warfare, but I've never, and, and I've said this a lot, and I hate to say it, but I'm not an Infinity Ward fan. Yeah. I enjoyed Modern Warfare 2 somewhat, but then when I got Black Ops 1, that was my favorite game, like... Yeah, so good. And then I love Black Ops Two because of the competitive aspect. I was right. playing game battles on that a lot. We got really into that. We did pretty well. We competed at MLG Anaheim, and we got like 17th place or something. Wow. We were like one hailstorm away from going on. <laughs> our buddy killed our whole team with like 30 oh. seconds left because somebody got a three piece. Our team got a three piece. Yeah. So everyone on their team was dead, but his hailstorm was already in the air. So he killed our team with the flag. So they got back up while we were doing our seven-second respawn. They grabbed the flag and won the game. So, anyways, and so that kid had to name, change his name to Hailstorm. So, um, but uh, you know, so so I really like Black Ops Three a lot, and I'm, I'm excited about it. But I've also been in there since there was no. Uh, there was no art on the walls. Right, we were all flat. And- just learning all the, like, the mechanics. Like, they were trying to work on the mechanics, and I was happy to be a part of that. Just go in there and, like, this feels too boosty, this doesn't. Sure. And that's fun, you know? Like, so that's fun. One of the perks of being friends with Mark. <clears throat> but, um, so I've been playing that a lot. And then I think, what else have I been playing? There's, there's really, I mean, I have a three-year-old now, so I just kind of get on these mobile games that he wants to play and now you gotta get the Disney Infinity and Skylanders and I know I've actually been playing that the Disney uh, House of Illusion Mickey Mouse game oh yeah it's a good game it's an old game that's re redone for mobile but yeah um, playing that we made a game um, which is an action adventure from mobile uh, which was probably a little too hard for mobile so I, I, every once in a while I'll pick that up and play it nice um, but yeah I, I'm just I Right now I'm writing a record, so the games oh, yeah. have to go on a little on the back burner a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. You need a new record, though. Exactly. You need to do something. Yeah. Unless they start paying me to play video games. Right. <laughs> this is the place to be, right? Yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned this earlier. You said it's kind of great that the music rhythm games kind of took a break back in like 2010, around that time. Why 2015 to come back? Like from your point of view, you think it's a good time to come back? Like, I think a lot of people were asking um, 
asking about it. You know, when, when you talk to people, I think you kind of do the, the smell test. And I think Activision probably did, you know, in terms of people were sick of it. People were bored of it. Too many games. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, this has been gone for a long time. People kind of miss it. And I think, you know, I kind of sensed that, you know, there hadn't been any music games besides Rocksmith. Is that what's called? Rocksmith? Yeah. Um, but that was just a completely different thing, right? You're playing real instruments. Um, so I think it was it was time, you know, after after being, you know, underground for that long and nothing really happening, I think just the smell test, like people were asking for it and, and it was time to represent it. But you have to change things up, which is what they did, you know. You gotta bring something new to the table or there's just no point. Um, the eternal question, Xbox or PS4? Who's with PS? Here? I'm not with either, I'm GameSpot. I can I, I own all the systems. I own every system. I've always been a Nintendo and Xbox person. Um, Nintendo, obviously, for games that I can't right. get anywhere else. Um, Xbox has always been my, my bread and my butter, but Xbox One is so bad. They The parties never work. Nope. The It's impossible to navigate, yeah. and it's slow. Yep. And I find myself... I, I remember when Advanced Warfare first came out, I... Uh, I was so upset with it, like the party system, and that never being able to talk to people, and never nothing ever working. The party system always dropping us, and yeah. that I that I didn't play it for a long time. I came back for the beta for Black Ops Three, and it's the exact same thing. Nothing has been done to, to fix that. And um, and I talked to people at Treyarch, and they're like, "Listen, the the PS4 beta went off without a hitch." Yep. And the Xbox beta was fucked. Mm-hmm. They had been programming. I mean, they've been building the game for PlayStation, so that might have something to do with it, but. Dude, it's a bum out because for me, all my friends are on Xbox. A lot of them didn't even go to the X1, but they're Xbox people. Yeah. So it's hard for me to jump over to PlayStation now because I have my whole clan that are all Xbox. So long long story longer. Um, <laughs> I mean... But I think a lot of Call of Duty players are now going to go over to PlayStation now that they've Activision's aligned yeah. that with PlayStation. So They might. You know, the issue with, with me is, though, I just, you know, I got my Xbox One scuff controller that I really enjoy, and then I've tried. They also sent me a PlayStation One. I took it into Treyarch because they're testing on the PlayStations. Yeah. And I just, I'm not used to it, you know? The, I'm not used to the way it feels. So for me, that's like a, a big deal because I've been playing Xbox for... Oh, there's other ones out there with offset sticks. Yeah, I know, but it's like you want to really want to go through all that to, <laughs> with a whole new group of friends. Just email me. I'll uh, yeah, there you go. yeah. Right. now we're here to help. You know the answer. It's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. When we were playing the Halo Five beta on Xbox One, we actually created a party on the PS4 and talked that way because we couldn't. It, it, the one on the Xbox One is so bad. We were actually all thinking about getting on Skype, like just to talk yeah. to each other. A lot of people have been doing that, but it's been buggy too. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 brutal because all you want to do is get in there with a party of your friends and it's yep. constantly kicking you out. You got land problems, you got or you got like moderate land types and all this weird shit that should be fixed easily that were fixed easily yeah. on the 360. It just for me it wasn't a big enough jump to make that move yet. Like the graphics aren't that much better to me. Right. Nothing's that much better to me. I don't. I would rather play the 360. Yeah. But, Which is happening. I mean, a lot of people are doing that. Oh, half my clan never even upgraded. Yeah. I'm not going to. No. Because they're just like. Why would I? Exactly. The game store. I mean, even Towerfall. Or uh, was it not Towerfall? Uh, Titan, Titanfall. I think it looks as good on the 360s as the Xbox yeah, One. Totally. So, totally. Yeah, I well, agree. Titanfall wasn't my favorite game, but I, I enjoyed Destiny for a while. But it just got repetitive. 
but I enjoyed it. The, yeah. Some of the mechanics were so good. The floating, like stuff, felt it so shoots good. It's great, so good. It's such a great shoot. Yeah, well, yeah, I have a bunch of people that are still on it. A bunch of friends that are still on yeah. it, waiting for. I mean, they're going to go back and forth from Black Ops, but yeah. Anyways, Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about a lot of Activision games. Yeah, right. I know. Guitar Hero works it's great. It's a lot of good Call of Duty Well, what console are you going to play Guitar Hero Live on? My X1, man. I mean, that's what I have. You know, it's all set up. I got quite a system set up, and I just, you know, I could play. I should, you know, Mark was trying to get me to get a PlayStation 4 just because the beta was coming out earlier on PlayStation. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to get a PlayStation 4 for fucking three days. And then, and I don't know anyone on there, you know. I have a couple friends that have PlayStations, but most of my friends are on Xbox One. But who knows? I'll probably get another system eventually. Actually, so Guitar Hero 2, Guitar Hero Live, Black Ops 2. What's the next game you want to be in? Ooh. Um, <laughs> that would never happen, but I'd love it. I'd love to. I'd love to do it. But they have better music writers than we are, so <laughs> why would they call us? Um, um, I mean, to be in a Zelda would be awesome. But that would be purely in terms of, like, nerding out, you know? Like, oh, I'm in Zelda. And, but in terms of, like, a big look... It's 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 got to be with like Treyarch games or with a, a like the newest edition of Guitar Hero like anything music game you can't go wrong. Right. Um, but in terms of like shooting games, dude, I like I, Call of Duty is always good for a band like us. You know, a lot of fans that just like to go shoot people <laughs> in Call of Duty. Yeah. So I mean, have you guys up on stage and something happens and you guys all like turn your guitars into the guns? And- Dude, what I want to do is have have them make us a. They they were, they were actually going to make us a zombies map. This was the first talk was that that performance was going to turn into a, a Easter egg zombie map. Oh wow! But they just didn't have time. It was yeah. so late, like from Black Ops Two. But a lot of people online were petitioning it. They're like, "Why isn't it?" Because the last game had like a turn into a zombies map. You know, like the mm-hmm. president thing. Um, but you know, it'd be rad to like. Like, even, like, do our stage, because we have, like, lots of fire and, like, our, our Death Bat logo. It'd be cool if there was, like, a gun battle on stage, like, or, like, at a concert venue. You know, they did one where it was, like, a like on the last game, it was, like, kind of a concert venue-ish thing. But it'd be rad if it was, like, a Iron Maiden stage or, like, something that was, like, just real epic and, like, over the top, you know? be kind of cool I mean they're, they're always trying to think of ideas. And you four, they, like, the playable characters? <laughs> That'd be fun, dude. Invincible characters that never die. <laughs> but you can't unlock them. There'd be so many videos on YouTube of us laying on the ground and shooting us over and over the head. It'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah. We have like a couple more minutes. So. Um, I mean, obviously, are you going to maybe try to get some more of your songs into this game? Is is that in the, in the works? Is something you can't talk about yet? But. I'd love to. I mean, the reality is, you know, we're working on a new record right now, and I'm sure by the time this game is really up and rolling sure. by next summer, I hope there's opportunities to get some new stuff in there. We were talking about it in the last interview. It would be fun to, like, especially with the way the music industry is right now, it would be fun to release exclusive yeah. things through only games. You know, like, where you have to have, I mean, who knows? The problem with exclusive music is that the reality is as soon as you record it, it's free. Right. You put it exclusively on a game, it's on YouTube, who cares? Right? It's, like, yeah. free. Like, But it would be fun to, like, release things that are exclusively through games where you know that could be the the little hub of the community where you're releasing stuff to but who knows to answer your question we would love when our record's done if we ever finish it to put some new stuff in this game cool yeah I remember uh, Activision came with us I think they were saying possibly they were trying to get like with bands to with the possibility of um, 
with the Guitar Hero TV now and everything, like maybe like have bands release singles through that, like simultaneously with the actual release on like you know like iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, it just takes you know traction from somebody's party. You know, like eventually there's going to be one streaming company. Something's going to win out. Just how technology works. Um, and if Guitar Hero is like the the big dog on campus that can like release music and see a result, I guarantee bands will be knocking at the door. You know, like hey. You know, fans are really responding to Guitar Hero and they're responding to new music on it. So can we please release our music this way? So it just depends on if it gains traction, right? And that's just like up in the air, you know? Hopefully the environment seems right, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of cool to have them with the new the new systems. Yeah. So there's a lot more capabilities, including the party systems. Totally. No, it's totally, it's totally true. It's like a, the possibilities are endless mm-hmm. right now. I told you I had a stupid question. Cool. So I'm going to ask it. Nine inches. <laughs> so our uh, our community man, uh, community member, Symphonia Sam, asked, uh, you have a lot of influences like Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, etc. Uh, does he hear some Nickelback in there, too? No. <laughs> I told him he'd say that. No. That's a good one. No, no. But I, I definitely don't hate any bands. No. <laughs> too old for that. Yeah. Except for uh, boy Tell them we haven't sold enough records to have any Nickelback influence. Oh, there you go. Dude, those guys. They do. They sell a lot of records. Fucking ten million records. God. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. That's all my questions. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Very nice you. talking to you, man. Yeah. Nice. Appreciate it. So there we go, uh, a true rock and roller right there. Uh, I, I told him before, I'm like, you know, I'm not your biggest fan in the world. It's not my style of music, but I do still listen to some of your songs. And dude has a really kick-ass singing voice. So I'm really glad he yeah, stopped screaming. He does. Yeah, because he stopped screaming, I think, after the third album. And they were kind of vague about it, but it sounds like he actually just thrashed his vocal cords out. So he finally had to go back to real singing. Uh, but it sounds like it was something he wanted to do anyway. So I'm really glad they did that. Uh, so I'm trying to think of what else I saw really. I mean, I did this huge write up that went up this morning. I will say it's a game that I'm really excited for, uh, truly excited for. Yes. Uh, the price is right too. I mean, the, the bundle's 99 bucks. That is not bad for everything you get in the package, including that new guitar. Uh, they said it flat out. You're getting the most songs that's ever come with a guitar hero with this. And the reason being, you know, obviously Guitar Hero TV. It's something that they push a lot when you talk to them. And they're really excited about it because it's going to allow them to get new content into that game a lot quicker than doing all the DLC, you know, submitting it to Xbox or to PlayStation and getting it up on the store. Uh, it, you know, the, the thing that worries me a little bit is I think some people with the in-game currency, until it's explained, are going to have this mentality of is this going to be kind of like a free-to-play game? Are, are they going to try to nickel and dime me like, oh, sure, you can play the game and get XP to get all this stuff, but it's going to take 40 hours. We just don't know. And that's where I think a, a few people are probably scared about it. Uh, I would like to know. Hopefully they tell us soon. I mean, the game's only like, what, six weeks out? Mm. <laughs> Five weeks? So, yeah. Uh, but it, it is. it's a lot of fun. I love the fact that it definitely stands apart from Rock Band 4. It, they can exist in the same space, and that's what I love so much about it. They both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses, depending on what you want from a, a game. I mean, if you want the full band like you did before in Rock Band, Rock Band is your game. If you want to go back to the basics of probably Guitar Hero 1, 2, and 3, 
Guitar Hero Live really captures that. They've gone back to basics, but they've definitely evolved. Um, but at the end of the day, it is. It's you sitting with the guitar in front of the TV like it was in the old days on the PS2 and on the Xbox. Yeah, the the TV part of it, I think, is going to be a huge game changer in Definitely. terms of how things go. Just having an MTV-style channel that's running all the time that you can just yeah. jump in and out at any point in any song, it's it's amazing. It's huge. Well, also, I mean, something that I noticed is it was a way to kind of discover new music, too, which... The, the the rhythm games like the rock bands and the guitar heroes in the past have always been really good about that. Like, I've been exposed to some music that I, I normally wouldn't have gone and listened to that I, I enjoyed and I bought. And that's what was so cool about it. So this way, you know, they might work with a, a record company and say, hey, well, let's debut your song on, on Guitar Hero TV. Something like that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of possibilities. They could even add more channels. They could do a lot of things with it. Because it's all right off their servers. It's not something that you have to go in and download every time. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, re- I'm very excited. Uh, just full disclosure, Activision did pay for my flights and for my hotel out there. So we just want to make sure everybody knows that. Uh, but, yeah, I can't thank them enough for inviting us. It was, it was a great time. It was a great pe- way to meet some people. It was a great way to get some really good hands-on with it, too. It wasn't just, you know, a half an hour or 15 minutes at a booth. It was a good two hours I got to sit and play it. So I just wish I would have seen more of the features. But we don't have wait, long to wait, folks. We don't have long to wait at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? Hey, Rock's home. Hey, Rock. What do we got now? Around PS Nation. This is Josh's thing about Bobber. Yep. Yeah. So what's going on? Oh, uh, well, to start, John Pant... Pant, yeah. pant, 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 <laughs> pant, pant, pant. <laughs> hey, man, go get a pant. Pant. <laughs> uh, ah, fuck it, we'll just call me it off. September 10th uh-huh. at 4.06 a.m., according to my Twitter feed, <laughs> um, his daughter, Eleanor Beatrice, uh, was born. Yay. Yay. One more, one more baby. And yep. three hours ago, as we're recording this podcast, they're headed home. Oh, they are headed home finally. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I know they were staying for a few days, so. And she's all wrapped up in a turtle blanket. Aww. Uh, the Sunday Kratos blanket or something for that kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's awesome. So congratulations, peoples. Yeah, congrats. Um, what else is going on around PS Nation? Beep, 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 beep. Oh, wait, I don't have to do that. We have that now. Let me tell you what's going on around PS Nation. <laughs> um, Jason got up a review for Adventures of Pip. Yay! Which... Fun game. Yeah, it's an interesting looking game. Um... Well, the cool thing about that game is it's actually a bunch of people that used to work at WayForward who do the Shantae games and, and games that are very well known for their amazing artwork and, and animation. And Adventures of Pip fits directly into that sort of style. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game. Yeah, it's uh, you have three um, forms, basically. You're like the old original Atari looking, you're a square. You're a big pixel, <laughs> yep. One big pixel, 
Uh, then you're like an 8-bit character, I think, and then yep. like a newer looking character. And you can yep. bounce back and forth between the three because they all have different abilities. Right. Um, and But you have to earn them, so there's a touch of Metroidvania in there. And I'm getting invaded by a small one here. Oh, no. Here he comes. Oh, no. No, you're not playing Disney Infinity. Hello, Mason. Yes. You want to see me? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I was talking about Adventures of Pip, okay? Daddy? Yes. What? Why do you have two computers? (laughs) Because I'm rich, son. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rich, biatch! Huh? Okay, look at this one, Mason. It's bread. Uh, the uh, next one uh, up was from Chaz. He put up I Am Bread, a review of I Am Bread. Conversion for PS4 done by our friends at Just Ed Water. Yes. Uh, that is where you are a piece of toast trying to make your way across the countertops. Daddy? Yeah, toast. Yes, Mason. Uh, See, there's the toast. Daddy? Yeah. Look, apples. Yeah, there's apples there, too. (laughs) Yes, okay. Uh, How many green apples are there? Uh, I think Josh is auditioning for for Sesame Street. How many green apples are there? He got it. Two and three makes five. Wow. And then one brat one makes... Three red ones. Yes, there's two red ones and one red one. You finished everything. Makes three. Yeah. Very good. Okay, and the next one that went up, Chaz again, did Nobunaga's Ambition Sphere of Influence. Indeed. Which is physical on the PS4 and digital on the PS3. Indeed. And it is a (laughs) very, very deep strategy game. Yes. Uh, As expected. Anybody who's interested. Yes. Does that look cool? Uh, yes. Um, that one. What? That guy. Pac-Man? Yeah. Okay. Here, let me give you Pac-Man. Oh. <laughs> it's all the way across the table. Of course. Okay. Um. So those three reviews went up. Uh-oh, here comes Pac-Man. <laughs> Along Great! With the- now we're gonna get we're gonna get dinged on iTunes or something for uh, for copyright infringement because the Pac-Man sounds in the background. <laughs> Way to go, Josh! <laughs> we're finally gonna get sued out of existence. All right, finally. Um, <laughs> are you having fun? All right, thank you. Uh, and. Uh, Jason put up a bunch of PAX articles. Indeed. I think he's um, finally done. Really? I thought there were a couple more. Is there? I thought he put them up now. He put up at least four or five. So um, yeah, so go check those out. That includes Mutant Football League, Riptide GP, Riptide GP Renegade, uh, Salt Sanctuary, Shuchimi. Which is already out. Um, Raise the Dead, I think that was... I forget when he put that one up. He put that um, up last week, I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of them up. Good job, Jason. 
I know I wish I could play Disney Infinity 2, but Slave Driver Glenn is keeping me here in yep. front of this microphone. It's all me. Yep. <laughs> because I have to record the podcast. I mean, it was such a surprise that we're recording on a Monday night. Yes. I need this microphone. <laughs> I'd like to take it away from you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's currently what's around ps nation um because i got a kid in my lap and i can't think straight right now because he's he's oh i think we're gonna start a pool to see how much longer that excuse will actually hold water mm, well there's another one on her way up so you know uh, she'll be in my lap doing uh-huh. yeah all right Mason? that could be a house but it's not I thought, I thought it like. It does look like a lighthouse. That that you're absolutely right. <laughs> I agree. Okay, uh, so we're we gonna do our break now. We're we just gonna go right into playing and watching. Why don't we do our break now so you can handle that? Okay. Okay. Well, let's take our break. When right. we come back, we'll talk what we're playing and watching. My review of the Logitech G633 headphones, Josh's review of NHL 16, my review of Hee Haw, his review of the Carol Burnett Show, The Lost Episodes, Collector's Edition on DVD. And if we haven't uh, killed ourselves by then, uh, from sheer exhaustion, emails, if we have any. We'll be right back. All right. The child has been put back into his cage. Now, which is Curious George on TV upstairs. <laughs> Everyone's got their own cages, man. Mm-hmm. Could be anything. Uh, let's do what we're playing and watching. Uh, I guess I'll start since I have the first review. Uh, so obviously Rocket League. Playing it like mad. Got the new patch, which I don't really know what the new patch did, except for... Well, yeah, they changed the maps around a little bit, which is kind of crazy. Some of the arenas, uh, the layouts and that sort of thing. And also now when you do a ranked match, uh, you don't have to go back out to the menu every time. You can actually just start searching it again right from the menu. Or from the in-game menu, which is kind of nice. So I've been playing more of that. Uh, Had some pretty good matches the last couple nights, now that Rock is so into the game. Including joining our league with Revy, which I think is a mistake. Oh, and yeah, so... Two hands, Revy. Don't ever play with him, folks, because all he does is he shows up and he plays like three matches and then he disappears. So don't waste your time. That's right, Revy. I've called you out. That's just going to happen. Uh, and like I said, Guitar Hero Live I got to play a lot of. Also a demo for this game called Hypervoid, 
Uh, I saw it on the store. I really didn't know anything about it. Grabbed the demo for it because, oh my god, there's a demo. It's a weird game. It's kind of like... It's kind of like uh, a little bit of Space Invaders slash Galaga, a little bit of Stun Runner, a little bit of... Gosh, I mean, it's 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 this weird kind of space shooter from, you know, behind the ship perspective, uh, like Galaga, but then there's one where you can spin all the way around. And there's all these weird graphics happening in the background, like all this really trippy stuff. And there's boss battles, that sort of thing. Uh, The problem was, or that I had with it, and the reason I didn't buy it, is, so you've got three guns. You've got square, cross, and circle as guns. And, um, like, you can fire all of them, but they seem to lose their effectiveness after a little bit amount of time. But I don't know what you have to do to make them more powerful again. Like, I didn't see any timer. I didn't see any way to power it up. You can get different power-ups, though, like, throughout the game. Like, these these little geometric shapes will pop up. And if you get one of them, it'll make it so that all three of your guns just start firing automatically. And you can take everybody out. Or you can get a super bomb. That sort of thing. Uh, but it's a really weird game. And, uh, I mean, I, I was at first I was like, ooh, I might have to get this. And the demo lets you play a lot of it. And I just kind of got to this point where I didn't really like it too much. It had some weird mechanics. I don't know. You should try it, Josh. Maybe you'll like it. I don't, I'm not sure. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know. I'd never seen anything about it before, uh, as far as I can remember. But the demo's up there. It's around the store. You can grab it. <clears throat> so... Uh, the next, I got to play this game called Zeo Drifter, which just came out, I think, last week. And this is from the uh, the guy that made uh, Mutant Muds Deluxe, which is a really fun game. So Zeo Drifter is kind of a, a Metroidvania light, uh, more Metroid than, than Vania. Actually, I would just say Metroid clone to a certain extent, but he does the same thing as he did in Mutant Muds, where at certain points, once you get the power... Uh, which, which there's kind of the uh, the Metroid aspect of it. You have to kind of you know earn new weapons, earn new powers, that sort of thing. Uh, you can jump into the background and the foreground. So there are spots that you can't go to until you get that power, and then you have to go back and and you know go to those. And you have this little cute little ship, and you have to go between four different planets at the beginning. And uh, it, it's a challenging game. Uh, there's also a, a part where, or kind of a whole mechanic in it that you have to go underwater. So you have to get this power where you can actually turn into like a little submarine. And once you get that, you can go underwater and find all these new locations and all that stuff. Uh, it's really cool so far. It's a small game uh, in terms of download size. It's only a couple hundred megs, if I remember right. Uh, really great graphics, really great uh, controls, everything about it. So definitely check it out. I think it's worth it. Uh, next up, we talked about a little bit, but Adventures of Pip. I'm a little bit farther into it. Every time I play it, I get distracted by something or get a phone call or something. It's a cool little game. I really want to get through it. Uh, again, skills-based platformer, kind of Metroid-ish in terms of gaining new powers, new abilities, new weapons, uh, but really unique and great graphics again and, and great controls especially. So I like that game quite a bit. And then I streamed it last week, played the uh, Forza 6 demo three times on Xbox One. So... I always try to give the Forza series a chance. I really liked Forza 2 back in the day. I don't like Forza 5 at all. But it was cool that they released a demo for 6. <clears throat> and uh, the, the replay is up on our YouTube channel, too. So if you want to check it out, 
I know it's not PlayStation, but it's games. Uh, and I wanted to check it out. You know, it looked like they were doing a lot of good stuff with it. Uh, you know, they promised a lot of fixes, that sort of thing. So I wanted to see. Overall, I mean, it is. It's way better than Forza 5 uh, in pretty much every way. Uh, graphically, it's better. It's got nighttime now. It's got weather. Uh, we'll talk about the 3D puddles later. But uh, it is. It's better. It controls a little bit better. But also, when you're playing the demo, you just kind of get thrown into it. And, and they, it, the demo's deep. I think you get like four races hmm. in different locations. And it's really used as a demo. They're showing you, you know, the different locales. They, they, you know, one of the races is in the rain. One of the races is uh, IndyCar. So this is their first time doing open wheel racing. Uh, so that's a big thing right off the bat. But it's a mixed bag. Uh, even though it does control better, I still think that you're missing a lot of grip. It's not like you're on ice anymore, but you are really missing a lot of grip when you play like a Gran Turismo or Project Cars. Uh, You'll know what I'm talking about. The IndyCar race that you do around Indianapolis 500 is so amazingly boring. Uh, There's just no skill involved. The AI shows its biggest weakness in that race. Uh, No matter what, the AI would literally just pull out in front of me, would hit the brakes right in front of me for no reason on a straightaway. All kinds of stuff. It was right on the stream. And I pretty much had to turn damage off uh, in terms of damage being damage and not just cosmetic. I had to turn damage off or I was never going to finish that race. Uh, it's, it's, it it kind of shows, again, that the Drivatars are a neat idea. But because the Drivatars are only built around different... Um, not really the, the racer's abilities or whatever else. It's more of kind of pulling how the race or how the person races overall. Um it just it doesn't work because they'll literally just hit their brakes in the middle of a, of a straightaway on any race. They literally just brake check you like your asshole friends would do in high school. <laughs> it, it it makes no sense. So what I did with with uh, the stream though is I played through the entire demo the first time with all the assists on, uh, which of, uh, obviously the first race they want to show off the new Ford GT. I mean that's what they've been showing off at E three and everything else. Uh, that one, you can't even touch the assists. You have to wait until that race is done. Uh, when you get to the second race, you can turn them off. So I started turning some stuff off. I put the steering to, uh, quote-unquote, simulation. I turned off the traction control. I turned off the braking assist. I, I left the ABS on, but I turned off the braking assist. Uh, and I left the arrows on because I just don't know the tracks. <clears throat> and I couldn't even drive. I was all over the place. It was ridiculous. I've also saw Team VVV, who do a lot of racing game stuff. They were having the same problem, and it was kind of nice to see that it wasn't some like fanboy rant that I was on. You know, everybody is saying now that you have to leave the tra- traction control on, or you cannot drive. It's just it's terrible. So in that aspect, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I'm not going to go out and buy a steering wheel for the Xbox One anyway, but. It's a, it's a little disappointing because I can play Project Cars with a DualShock with little to no problems with all that stuff turned off. Um, I think graphically it's it's way better. They really did a nice job with it. Uh, the cockpit view on that is one of the best I've ever seen, honestly. Uh, you get a great view of the track, but at the same time you still get the you know the full console and everything else. They they did a nice job with it. Uh, Sound wise, really good except for one glaring omission. Uh, the sound is great. You know, the, the wheels sound great now, the wheel squeal, uh, the engine sounds, everything else. But there's what's missing is that there's no sound of the air kind of rushing by your car. 
And I didn't really think about it at first until I started playing, and it really kind of pulls you out of the immersion aspect of the of what you're playing. Because uh, a lot of games have that now. So, yeah, I, I kind of missed that. Uh, let's see. Uh, the wheels, you can feel the, the tires kind of uh, bending a little bit now. You can feel that they're actually, you know, that they're actually bending uh, sideways when you're taking really sharp corners, but the suspension's still not there at all. Uh, very light suspension. Your car doesn't really lean very much at all. You don't have to take that into effect. Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, shifting your car's weight to get around some corners like you would in, in an actual simulation. Uh, the rewind button's still there. You can turn it off, which you actually get a 10% buff in, in in-game credits, which I kind of like. Uh, so I turn the rewind off. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there it's a definite improvement. And I bought the game based on the demo. I'm going to see how the full game is. Because uh, what I'm really concerned about is how they handle their uh, their career mode. Because I, re- I hated how the career was handled in, in 5. So I definitely want to see how that's handled. Also, uh, I did hear some people saying that the Formula 1 stuff is more fun to play than the IndyCar stuff. So we'll see if that's the case. Uh, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. I mean, I went back and played Project Cars last night. And I got a lot more out of that game still. And it's 60 frames per second, 1080p, just like Forza. So, you know, in terms of that stuff, it's it's kind of a wash. But uh, I think the problem with Project Cars is it's still, it's it's kind of clinical. It doesn't really have, you know, it, it's not elegant in any way. It's just simulation, boom, you're just racing, racing, racing. And I still hate how they handle their career mode stuff on Project Cars. But... Uh, overall, right now, based on the demo, at least, I'd say Project Cars is still a better game. Um, and also, I mean, I caught on Forza, I've caught, like, it's cool that in the rearview mirror, nothing's disappearing anymore. But what you'll notice immediately is that even though the game runs at 60 frames per second, the mirror, the rearview mirrors and the windshield wipers when you're in the rain both run at 30 frames. And it just, it's weird. It throws you completely off if you if you put any type of concentration on that at all. Uh, the other thing is the rain. I mean, it's cool that there's weather, but the 3D puddles that they make so many, so many big deals about, at least in the demo, the puddles are in the exact same spot every time you play it. Um, and there are certain puddles placed literally to make you go off the track unless you know that they're coming. So, kind of cheap in my opinion. I still think the series leans a little bit more toward the arcadey side of things. And I think that's why it gets some high reviews from people that don't really play racing games that often because it feels more approachable because it's a little arcadey. Uh, because they have that whole, they have this whole, uh, it's like a buff system now <clears throat> where you can, uh, you can get boosters. So you can get like a permanent boost of saying you have a, a guy in your garage that is a grip guy. So every time you have him in the garage, you have him activated, you get like 10% boost in grip. Or you have these one-time buffs that you can get so you can say uh, you'll start in a higher position in a, in a specific race. Or, um, what was the other one? Oh, you'll earn extra, extra in-game currency in a race if you have this buff turned on. They say you don't need to use it. They're like, oh, you don't need to use it. But at the same time, I think there is a mechanic there that they want you to use that stuff every now and then. They definitely wanted you to in the demo. Uh, because they got you into this situation in a night, night race where the track is cooler, you're not supposed to get as much grip. So what happens? You get the opportunity to turn the grip guy on. Again, I don't know if that's just a mechanic they used in the demo to show it off, or if that's going to be in the full game. But it concerns me. 
because uh, again, I think that just takes away from the simulation aspect of them saying Forza is a simulation. Um, so yeah, but overall, like I said, I bought it. I bought it with my own money. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with it. But hmm. it's interesting, to say the least. And then speaking of way forward with uh, Adventures of Pip, uh, Shantae Risky's Revenge was brought up for PS on PS4. Uh, this is a, uh, kind of a, not really a remake, but them just bringing the game up to the PS4. Uh, the, the in-game characters and everything are actually very pixelated still, but uh, the Shantae series is awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a great set of platforming and just outstanding animation, which uh, WayForward's really known for. So it's cheap, too. I'm serious. If, if you're into a good platformer that has some quest stuff in it and everything, definitely check it out. It's It's a lot of fun. And then uh, last, a game that I think you'll be interested in, Josh. Uh, it's an old arcade game from, you know, the, the Monkey Paw stuff that's been coming out. Or not Monkey Paw, um, Hamster. Hamster Corp. Mm-hmm. Ajax. Ajax. An old Konami shooter from the arcades, like 1987, I think, or something like that. Mm. Uh, vertical shooter, just really old school, very tough. Uh, it's cool because they actually have a selection because the game ran under a different name in different regions. So you can actually choose between the two names, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. Same game, I think. I don't think there's any other assets that are different, but very cool. And then uh, you're going to be proud of me, Josh. I finished a book. My goodness. Which I one? Finished, I finally finished Console Wars. <laughs> two minutes before I landed in L.A., I finished the book. Jeez. Oh, and then I started on Armada. Ah, but I'm only five pages in. I was so t- I, I I started trying to read that on the flight back, and I was so exhausted because I didn't sleep that night that I was just like, I can't read this right now. <laughs> but it's an interesting uh, beginning. I didn't know anything about the the book at all. So yeah, yeah, first couple of pages really get you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the one I'm going to continue on when I get time to read a book more. Uh, that's, I'm going to work on that. But yeah, Console Wars is pretty cool. I mean, you know, again. He tells you right in the beginning that it, some of the stuff is taken from from conversations he heard or, you know, from reports or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he did a good job with it. There were some things in there that uh, I hadn't heard for a long time. So it's a good read. Good job. I think that's Blake Harris, right? Blake J. Harris? Yep. Yeah. So good job. I finished a book. Yay. I finished two books this year. Wow. I never read. What the hell? It's remarkable. It is remarkable. But that's it for me. Nothing, didn't really watch nothing. Just hmm. watched some Telemundo when I was in L.A. All right. <laughs> What'd you play, Josh? Well, I played with my son. I played some Tearaway Unfolded. Nice. Uh, to show him that. And I grabbed the iPad and I took a picture of his trains and drop that into the game as like a background thing. Yeah. Cause you can do that. Um, so we're having fun with that for a little while and played a ton of NHL 16. Okay. Obviously, uh, because of the review, um, I got to play. <laughs> this was actually pretty cool. Uh, with the developers, I got to play the developers and like one or two other quote unquote press people. Um, Ah, okay. 
and we all yeah. got on and did some of the hockey ultimate team stuff. Okay. And when you're in there and I'll talk about it in the review, but basically because you're choosing, um, sort of classes and the stats are all set. Right. Uh, and it really comes down to your skill. Uh, for the online mode like that, the for Hockey Ultimate Team, the settings are... Uh, damn, where is it? The settings are uh, All-Star, mm. which is one step down from the highest level, and Hardcore. Okay. Which is, according to their listing here, the most authentic hockey experience where you have leverage in your knowledge of hockey and make hockey plays like dumping it in, setting up the offensive zone or cycling to get a good scoring opportunity. Uh, generally lower scoring because you work harder for your goals. Extremely rewarding when you do scare score or play good defense. Um, so it's like the most real hockey you can play basically in this. Cool. Game. So we played that. And it was us and a couple devs against a team of other devs. And I picked a winger. I didn't want to, I was going to be center. I, I playing the be a pro mode stuff. I've been playing a center. Um, right. It's either center or defense. I'm just more comfortable there. Cause I know my positioning and where I should be and all. Um, but I didn't want to be that guy, jump right in and take center. So I was like, Oh, I'll take a wing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, so I jumped in on right wing and I'm, I'm trying to feel my way around over there. And, um, one of the, one of the devs is center and we're talking through the whole thing and we're talking about, you know, stuff they've added and they just did a huge patch like that went live that day last week. Right. Um, with stuff they didn't even think they were going to do or didn't think they could get done, but people were saying, Hey, we want this. We want, and they're like, you know what? Let's try. And they did it (laughs) and they added it. So it was really cool. That's cool. Um, is one of those things bringing your character over from land. Oh, you know what? (laughs) Did you bring it up? I did. Ah. (laughs) I did. I said, I said, look, I know this is not after when we had a lull, you know, I waited till we had all asked some questions and everything. And there was a bit of a lull. And I said, look, I I know this isn't part of it. And (laughs) you guys trolled me at E3, but I have to ask this. (laughs) I said, is please at least tell me, is this like a future thing that you're considering? Is it on the board somewhere? Is it, you know, and I went through the whole thing and I even told him about E3 and told them that I freaked out and everything, and they laughed. And they're like, "Yes, actually, it is something we're look. We've been looking into, and we do want to get into the game soon." Nice. And I went, <gasps> "Well, but again, they might have been looking at it like that for ten years." Yeah, but I mean, I think it's a big difference now that they're basically on the PS4. Now they're on the new generation, right? They don't have to worry about a crossover to generation. The older version is now, quote-unquote, the legacy version, which is just roster updates, essentially. Right. Um, So I think they may seriously be... And I I took a shot. I said, look, you know, because MLB's doing it, you know, and it works beautifully over there. They're like, oh, I know. It's it's really cool. And I said, yes, it'd be nice. (laughs) I was shocked so, at how well that worked. Like yeah. that first time when you booted the MLB up, 
Yeah. Just, oh, we see that you have a file from last year. Do you want to import it? Well, yes. Boom, done. Well, and that's the thing. I'm hoping that, I mean, I know it's a different sport and it's it's just PlayStation and everything, but I'm hoping that'll be the kick in the ass that they'll be like, you know what? We really should do this. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I mean, they proved that it can be done. Yeah. And that it can be done well. But, I mean, they did say, yes, we're we're seriously looking into that. It's something we want because we nice. understand it. They said we hear that a lot from people, and it's one of the things that, yeah, we're we're looking at. We want to do it. We just have to figure out the right way. Right. So. Which means it won't happen next year because they have to probably format everything the year before hmm, correctly. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. But maybe that's part of – because last year's version was such a – Disaster? Yeah. <laughs> it was, and but like I said, it was it was a good starting point. It was a good base for them to build on top of, and they did this year. So, right. um, hopefully, they thought that that's on their board. They thought all that into it and baked it in from the start. You know, but sure, who knows? We'll see. Uh, of course, we played Disney Infinity uh, three. Some more. Saw that a few times, yeah. We went into the creation mode, actually, heavily. And because we were talking about something, and I said, well, let's go in, let me show you this, and let's just build some stuff. And I set, because you you can just drop yourself into a blank world, and then you can uh, bring out these little builders, basically. Right. And they're like the little miniature companion guys. And you drop one into the world, and I dropped in the city builder. And he will randomly start to build a city around you. Okay. Uh, So he did it, and he built like two big buildings. I was like, wait, wait, I don't think I want all this, because I had a really small area to build Mm -hmm. on. And I, I was like, I forget, how do I take him out of here? How do I? And I picked him up, and I'm like, I don't know. What do I do? And I ran over to the side of the world and I threw him off the side of the world. <laughs> I'm like, there, he's gone. <laughs> he's derezzed. Yeah. So I checked him off the side of the world and then I showed Mason. I was like, look, we can make it bigger. And I, I made the world bigger and everything and, and dropped a bunch more blocks down for terrain and everything. And then I said, oh, we can put pipes up the side of the buildings and we can climb up the side of the buildings. And I did all this stuff because actually, well, I'll tell you, we watched Big Hero 6. Nice. Finally. Um, it was awesome. Think? I yeah. loved it. Big Hero 6 is really good. It was rough there in one part with him yeah. sitting there and trying to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, there were several parts where he was laughing hysterically. Just yeah, it was, hysterically. It was better than I expected. Yeah. I loved it. Absolutely yeah. thought it was awesome. So there are a bunch of Big Hero 6 things in there, and we do have the characters. So we'll just hero and, um, at Baymax 2.0 basically, um, with his whole armor on and everything. Um, so, uh, I knew that there were a bunch of things in there, so I'd already unlocked them a while ago. Um, so when we built this, I was like, no, no, no. I want this city to look like, like Neo Tokyo or San Francisco. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So I get in there and. I start digging out all that stuff and I'm putting it, it's like all these, you know, animated Japanese billboards that go all over the sides of the buildings and everything. Right. And it's the big fish power things that are floating in the sky. Um, the little turbines that are up there and all. Yep. 
Uh, so I'm doing that. And then part of the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, that's Sam Francisokio'd up, you know? <laughs> so I dropped that down. But the thing is, it's one tower and like a, the, the span of the bridge comes out on either edge, but it just ends there. You have to put like a, a ramp up to it. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was like, crap, I need to find like pieces to do the ramp. So we started building all these things and we're playing around in there. And, you know, I put this big piece down that you step on either of the four sides and it'll bring a character into the world. It'll bring an enemy into the world. It'll bring a builder. I didn't realize the one was a builder and it was this monkey. I'm like, Oh look, it's a monkey. What's he doing? Oh my gosh. He's building pipes everywhere. (laughs) 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 He built these crazy pipe things that we were jumping on and riding around and everything. Did he throw throw his crap at you too? Well, I think that's what a lot of the pipes were because they turned into a mess at one point. So I threw him over the edge (laughs) and had to delete a bunch of the pipes. Um, But then I dropped this whole, squid this roadway where there's a giant squid under it that's smashing through it and his tentacles are coming out i attached that to the bridge and then i attached ramps on either side so we could get up on it we were riding across the bridge at full speed trying to get through the tentacles (laughs) so we're actually having a lot of fun with that and you change the backgrounds and everything and it was really cool we played that for like a couple hours just messing around with it yeah um so that was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I had hoped it would be. Um, so that was cool. Uh, then I did try to play Calvino Noir mm-hmm. twice. Yeah. Crashed on launch both times. Like it, who, who reviewed that? Chaz, right? Chaz, yeah. Didn't he have some problems with it? I don't remember. I, he had problems with the gameplay itself. Oh, that's right. Um, but I probably need to re-download it, delete it, probably re-download it, but I, I wasn't going to do that because we're sitting there. Mason is sitting there and I'm like, let's look at this because this looks really cool and I need to play it anyway. You need to teach <laughs> that kid some patience, mister. I'm not, I have no patience for it. Fuck teaching him patience. I didn't want to sit no, and download No, teach him it. patience so he can be better than his dad. No, I, I get to the menu and I'm looking at the menu or the title screen i'm like oh that looks really cool and it's like press x to to start and yeah press it and it crashes <laughs> press x to jason yeah so it crashed twice and i said all right I'm not gonna do that and then i said "Ooh, what about and i scrolled through all the games i'm mm-hmm. like i'm in the library part and i'm like looking through the games and my wife saw fez and she's like what's that and mason was uh-huh. like what is that and i was like it'll mess with your brain I said, well, do you want to try it? Let's try it. So I played that for like a half hour, 40 minutes. Nice. And I was going through it and he was watching it and he was, I'm like, help me find the the little cubes. So he was pointing out all the cubes to me as I was you know, <laughs> cruising through the levels and everything. Um, and then I got to a point where I was just stuck and I said, you know what? I, I can't do this yeah. right now. My brain, I can't do this. So let's let's do something else. And he was starting to fall asleep. And I was like, Ooh, one put one piece pirate warriors three. I need to play this. <laughs> so I thought that'd be kind of fun for him to see anyway. Cause it, oh, but yeah, that's it, insanity. It's violent, but it's crazy, you know, just crazy over the top funny. Yeah. Um, so I played that 
for I played the whole first prologue, essentially oh, the prologue of it, um, which wasn't terribly long, but you know it was maybe a half hour or so. Um, so I play the prologue, and when it ends, I'm like, okay, come on now, it's time for bed. And he looks over at me. He goes, Daddy. I'm like, yeah. He goes, was that? a TV show or was that a game? <laughs> like that was a game. He's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause I kept explaining it to him. I'm like, this is based on a comic book from Japan. Yeah, yeah. And then they did this and it was a show and this, and, but you know, and I'm trying to explain it to him and I'm sure he's like, what are you talking about? These people are weird and yeah. they're all speaking in Japanese. And I don't know what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. It's so gorgeous though. The, the one we played oh. before was really good looking. Yeah, but this on the PS4, it actually well, yeah. even looks better. Oh my be. gosh, it looks so good. I freaking love it. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I need to play a lot more of that because it's awesome. <laughs> um, Wait, dude, you're going to be playing Skylanders soon. Yeah, if, when that shows up. Oh, it'll be soon. Um, <laughs> and they better... They better come through. <laughs> I said something to to her boss. <laughs> they better come through. Oh my gosh! Well, Disney set the bar. Yep. Um, As so, they do. Uh, basically, those those are what I played, um, and I did watch. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch uh, much of Haven, so. I'm setting that aside till next week, even though I All think right. it comes out tomorrow, season five. Yeah. Um, but the Carol Burnett show, I did watch when I was doing stuff in the basement, when I was like ironing my shirts and junk. Because <laughs> um, that's an easy thing. You throw it on, you can just watch it while you're doing stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I watched Hee Haw on the, on the plane rides. I can't wait to talk about this. This is amazing. Dick. It's amazing. I'll bet it is. Especially for the price. Like, you know, some of these things, some of these time life things, they're, they're a little sketchy on the price. They're like, oh my gosh, that expensive for, you know, Well, we even found that out getting. with Yeehaw. You yeah. Know, we found the whole first taste is free kind of, you know, aspect of it. Well, and that's the thing with this. I mean, I'll just. <laughs> Tommy Cash. <laughs> I'll just talk about this now because like they're doing single disc lost episodes releases. Right. Uh, which give you three episodes for twelve ninety five per disc. That's not bad. All right. There is the Ultimate Collection, which has twenty two DVDs. Wow. Uh, and over twenty hours of bonus programming. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's two hundred bucks. Jeez. For twenty two DVDs. Um, the VIP edition. Which is four hundred dollars. Uh, features everything in the Ultimate Collection. Plus, Carol will hand sign a personalized greeting on the cover of the guest book. Oh wow! Uh, each one is numbered and arrives with a certificate of authenticity. And blah blah blah. Okay, so the one that I have, the one that they sent to us, is the yeah. collector's edition. And it is how many discs is this? Like six discs. I think. Wait. Let me. Yeah, six discs. Okay. Where's the price? I need to find the price. Oh, fifty nine ninety five. Okay. For six discs. So it's ten bucks a disc, but 
there is so much freaking stuff on here. Yeah. There's more than five hours of bonus stuff on this set alone. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous how much content is on here. It's It just blew me away as I started to dig into it. I was like, oh my gosh. Because you open it up and it says like on the disc. Um, so let me pick one at random here. Uh, 178 minutes on this disc, 240 minutes on this disc, wow. uh, 173, 154, you know, there are hours and hours and hours of programming. This was 308 minutes <laughs> on this wow. one disc. <laughs> there is for six, a lot of content for 60 bucks. Yeah. Wow. It's a ridiculous amount of content. I mean, this is easily the best value of of the whole package of all the sure. all the packages they're they're offering. So, but I'll tell you more about it uh, when I review it. It's right. freaking crazy, though. That is that's crazy. Wow. So, yeah. Three hundred. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you get through them all, you're going to be uh, ready to retire. Yeah. It's insane how much stuff is on there. Um, I just um I was blown away when I was going through it. I, I right. couldn't believe it. And there's I didn't get through all of it. There's no way I could get what? through all of it. Oh. Um but I I dug into a bunch of the episodes and stuff and a bunch of the the bonus stuff. It's nice. Amazing. So, yep. Cool. That's that. All right. Uh well, let's talk about these headphones. Uh so the Logitech G633 headphones, uh, these are to replace the extremely popular, I believe they were just the G600. So the 633s are uh, wired, uh, and they do have a wireless set coming out also called the 933s, which I believe we'll have very, very soon, probably by this weekend. So the 633s are <clears throat> uh, redesigned from the ground up, completely redesigned. They actually have... Uh, a pretty outstanding audio engineer that's in charge of the whole project. And he was kind of given carte blanche, like just design something brand new and, and just make them really good. And they're pretty damned impressive. Uh, so first off, they're 149 bucks. Uh, they can actually be connected in a couple different ways. So obviously they're made for PC gaming first and foremost. Uh, they actually run in to the same series as uh, their new keyboard and also their new mouse that are all, they have all the cool RGB lighting and everything on them. So if you're plugged into the PC and you have those other two uh, devices, uh, you can actually change the RGB lighting between like 16 point something million colors or something like that. It's just, it's a crazy amount of, of colors. But you can also sync them up between the three devices. And you can either have it kind of rotate colors throughout the three devices or you can set like your own colors. So there's removable plates on, on both sides that you can have customized. They haven't really talked about that yet. Like if you're going to be able to actually get on a website and customize it or if they're only going to do it for certain things. But the light up is pretty cool, but it only works if you're plugged in via USB, obviously. And the light also works if you're plugged in via USB on the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4. So if you're a streamer, these might be a good set of headphones to have because obviously you have to be plugged in. Uh, you can also plug in with a 3.5 millimeter uh, cable, like a lot of the other headphones I've been talking about lately, like the Blue Mofis and the V Motas and et cetera, et cetera. When you plug them into the controller, they pretty much work the same as a lot of the other ones out there. 
you know, you've, you you get you actually do get Virtual Seven Point One every now and then, depending on the game, because it will encode the PS4 will encode them. And these headphones actually support uh, the Virtual Seven Point One from Dolby and from DTS. It's called DTS X. But to keep the cost down, the chips aren't on the headphones, so they only support those formats when you're plugged in to a PC with the control software. So be careful when you see that in the box. Because you might think, oh, I'm getting all this cool codec uh, support on the PlayStation or the PS3 or whatever. Uh, It doesn't work that way. So that's one thing I want to make sure people knew. Um, They work great. They work really, really well. The, the, The design is just fantastic. Uh, they they are made for gaming. They'll actually flip 90 degrees so you can lay them on your chest really well. Uh, there's a lot of room. It does not clamp down on your head very much at all. It never felt tough at all. It, it feels really, really comfortable. Oversized ear cups. They actually even made sure that the seams are inside the ear cup part of it so it never touches your head. So you don't feel that seam anywhere around your ear. So it was little touches like that that I was already really impressed with, even seeing it at PAX. The other thing that I like is the microphone on it. So the microphone's a flip down. It actually, uh, there's like a recess on the left side of the the headphones, and it'll just pop into there. You can pull it out, extend it even, uh, and to mute it, you just kind of pull them up a little bit. And a red light comes on that you can see in your peripheral, and that's how you know you're muted. Uh, I did a bunch of tests with the microphone uh, streaming. I even did... Uh, the segment that I did with Dave on the podcast a couple weeks ago for Destiny, I recorded with those headphones. And I'll tell you what, especially for a $149 head- headset, that microphone works really, really well. Uh, I, was, I was very impressed with it. Uh, and everybody on the chat was saying the same thing. They said it sounded really good, and uh, everybody was really impressed with it so far, or as far as I know. So, uh, On PlayStation, sound is crystal clear on both uh, 3.5 millimeter and on USB. USB worked a little bit better just inherently because you're not over wireless, uh, you know, through your controller or whatever else. If there's any interference at all, that sort of thing, you know, you're going to get some weirdness on the controller. You might have some drops, that sort of thing. That's not the fault of the controller or the uh, of the headphones, though. That's just the fault of the wireless technology they're using. Um, the thing that really stands out stands out the most to me, though, is they're using kind of this hybrid mesh for the earpieces this time, and just the clarity of the sound is as good as the $300 headsets I've used. Uh, it, it sounds fantastic. But the other thing is the amount of space inside the ear cups, it's essentially like you're in a concert hall. When you think about size of ear cups on headphones, there's so much space in there and there's so much space for the sound to move around in, in that little area. It makes a huge difference. Uh, I was you know, hearing footsteps in really quiet situations. I was getting great bass response from, you know, some of the shooters uh, and more action-packed games. Uh, I was hearing every little nuance of my car and drive club. You know, I could hear the engine noises. The the wheels all sounded very separated and, and nothing really meshed together at all. It, 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 there was a great amount of separation no matter what I was playing. Uh, it, I, I can't really honestly think of a of a negative on these except for the fact that I tried to use them on the plane and they were a little bulky for wearing on a plane. They worked pretty well. They they kept a lot of the noise out, which I was impressed with. I also tried them on the floor at PAX, which I mentioned 
during the PAX uh, podcast. They they knocked a lot of the noise out, which I was really impressed with. Uh, the other kind of unique thing about these over a lot of different headphones out there is that you can have these plugged in via USB to like the PS4 or the PC, the Mac, whatever. You can then plug in like your phone, your music player, your iPad, your your Nexus, whatever. You can plug that into the 3.5 millimeter, and you can actually listen to your music off your device while you're playing the game. It'll it'll handle the mix for you. Hmm. Uh, but you can also, since it has a mic- an inline microphone on that cable, if somebody calls you, you can answer the phone right on those headphones. And it's not Bluetooth. It's, it's wired in. So it seems kind of weird, but actually I was listening to music a lot of times. Because then you don't have to put the USB drive in your PS4. You don't have to run Spotify. You have your own music right here, there. You're controlling the volume with that device itself. And it sounded great. And the music player is right there. Instead of having to go to a different menu on the PlayStation to skip to a new song or if you want to rewind it or whatever, you've got your device sitting right there and you can do it. So really unique design. And, and, and it works. It works very, very well. Uh, it's got a bunch of customizable buttons on it. But again... That requires uh, you to be connected up to PC running their software. And unfortunately, their software does not run on Mac. So that's one thing that I was a little disappointed with. Uh, Their software only runs on Windows. So there is that limitation. If you want to get really deep into a lot of the features, you're not going to be able to do that unless you're on PC. Um, But using it on PS4, it pops right up as a USB device. Very easy to use. uh, Very simple. Everything. They're... They're really impressive for 149 bucks, I will say. So they're getting a 9.0. Uh, they're well nice. worth it. Yeah. I'm excited to see the wireless ones. The wireless are going to come in at 199 so 50 bucks more. Uh, I know that the wireless actually have two inputs. Instead of having the one 3.5 millimeter, it actually has two of them for whatever reason. I don't know what the situation is going to be with those. I do know that they use a USB dongle instead of having a full dock. And uh, that dongle will actually go into a slot in the headphones so that you don't have to worry about keeping them in the bag like with the uh, gold wireless. They'll actually pop right into the headphones themselves for carrying around. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, how those work, and hopefully, like I said, I think they'll be waiting for me this weekend when I get up there. But uh, we'll get the written review up for these Logitech headphones in the next couple of days, and everybody can check them out. But very impressed. I've been using them quite a bit. Cool. So, yeah. So let's hear about the hockeys. I forgot we saw, we watched Mad Max, too. Oh, you finally watched the movie? Oh, I saw it in theaters. Lou had never oh, seen it. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> What'd she think? Uh, she was a little confused. <laughs> she knew sense. nothing of, she hadn't seen any of the other movies. Um, well, but I think it stand, stands alone pretty well. It like, does, there's but... There's some little nuances here and there you might not understand, but... It does, but she was just, she was like, that was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Uh, right. NHL. So, after last year's um, misfire, <laughs> I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, rush job, maybe? It's back. Well, rush job, they had a full year to do it. I know, but <laughs> they were probably working on the older one. and uh, Yeah. Well, either way, uh, it's back. It's it's really back. Um, essentially, uh, hang on. 
let me pull up a picture of the menu so I can tell you what's in there. Okay. Uh, where there was next to nothing in the last one, and even the stuff that was in there uh, was basically gutted right. and pared down. The first picture I have is side-by-side, is two pictures, because it took two screenshots to get the full menu in, scrolling yeah. across. Uh, two of them side-by-side. So you have Play Now, of course. You have Online Versus, Playoff Mode, Hockey Ultimate Team, uh, EA Sports Hockey League, Online Team Play, Be a Pro, Be a GM, Season Mode, NHL Moments, and practice mode. I think that was one of the ones they just threw in was practice mode. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> there's a lot in this. Uh, everything's back. And not only is it just that everything's back, but everything has been updated and, and changed in such a good way uh, that it's, it's fantastic. All right. Yeah. So, I talked about the Game Changers program, uh, which was 12 members of the community um, nominated pretty much from the community uh, to talk to the dev team. They had a 24-7 Skype chat line that was open all the time. Just everybody was there so that they could just jump in anytime and say, look, I'm having a problem with this or look, I think you should add this. We need this. This sucked. This was great. You know, whatever. So they were talking to them for months, and that's a big reason why all this stuff is there now. Yeah. It um, worked great, and I wish a lot more of these sports devs would do stuff like that with their community because it paid off big time in this. I've seen that trend lately, and I think mainly it's because the MLB team has done that for so long. And I think some of the other... Uh, especially sports game dev teams are seeing the benefit of getting the community more involved. Yeah. Uh, you see some bigger communities like Operation Sports, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And and I know Madden does that too. They bring some people in, in, in-house in yeah. and have them look at it. You bring people in, but having a 24-7 Skype chat going? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and that's just unheard of. That's crazy. Um, so the biggest addition of the game... I think, uh, and probably the biggest thing that it has going for it is the visual on ice trainer. Uh, and I was showing some of that off during the stream last week. Yeah. Um, because they said, yeah, you can stream it. Just, you can't review it. And I said, sure. No problem. Which was <laughs> um, cool. I, it was great to have that in the background. Cause I was working in my hotel room in LA and mm-hmm. I saw that you were streaming like, Oh, I'll get on there and I'll moderate a little bit and I'll do my work. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so the crazy thing is this Visual On Ice Trainer, uh, it's baked into the game. Um, it really shows up. I mean, it's, it's pieces of it show up everywhere, um, but it really shows up when you're doing Be a Pro or when you're locked into uh, one position. Um, that's when you get the most use out of it. Right. Um, I mean, it still shows up everywhere, but what it does is it will help teach newcomers to the game how hockey is played, essentially. Right. It's it's like a teaching tool built into the game, baked into the game itself. And what it does is 
you get ready to make a pass and when you when you pull back on the stick or when you move the stick or start to pull down on the button um you'll see a dotted line and an arrow showing where you're going to pass it but it'll also right. show you you know where you should pass it where you should be on the ice especially when you do position lock it'll help you by showing you where you should be on the ice for defense and things like that. Right. Cause a lot of people just don't think or don't know defense. They just, I'm a center. I'm a forward. I don't need to play defense. I'm just, you know, I'm cherry picking out at the, out at the other blue line. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah. Your team's getting scored on left and right. <laughs> um, but it'll also, when you're coming in and you're skating in on the goalie, uh, it'll show you, almost like a vision cone type thing. Like it'll show you a, a cone yeah, and it would show like different colors, right? Like yeah. blue and red. And yeah. So yeah. That, that's more of a danger shot when it's on red. And well, no, well it's showing like this or lower percentage shot. Maybe. Yeah. That the, yeah. the goalie has a good chance of, of blocking that or it's grayed out like this, this cone that's on the, on the ice surface itself. It's grayed out because that's where the goalie has the angle on everything. And then you'll see like a green, a sort of a green sliver next to it. And that's a good, the, you know, the, there's an opening in the net over there. Right. Like he doesn't quite have the full net covered and that's where you should take your shot. Doesn't mean he isn't going to whip his glove out there and save it, but uh, you have a better chance of getting a shot, you know, going into that corner or wherever. So it's literal. And, and it, it's all dynamic. So as you're skating down the ice and as you're moving across the ice and everything, it's moving and changing with you. And the plane of the goal, uh, right on the goal line there is shimmering and changing green and red and whatever to, to show you, you know, where to shoot at and all. Right. It's fantastic for, for people who have never played the game. And the cool thing is, I have it set to be um uh it's it's in kind of a learning mode uh, essentially okay. um which Are you getting a drive a on the ice? No. Uh what it's called is oh where is it? Oh, I can't think. adaptive mode. Okay. Um so the adaptive mode will kind of watch how you play and give you the tips and whatever, when it feels you need them. So it's not forcing anything on you. You can shut this whole thing off too. You don't have to have it at all if you don't want it. Um, but I think it's fantastic for, for people who've never played the game. I'm excited to have it for when my friend comes up, um, because we played hockey a billion times, but with Madden and with NHL and with all these, when he comes up now, you know, he doesn't have a PS4 or he has a PS3, but he doesn't really have the sports games on it. It's his kids use it more and he doesn't have time. So right. when he comes up, he's like, ah, so what are all the buttons now? You know, and it's a whole thing <laughs> trying to teach him what's pass, what's shoot, what's, what's, you know, chip pass, uh, what's clear the puck, what's, you know, how to, um, do all these different things. And I never remember. It's just baked into my brain. I just play, you know, and I can't tell him L2, L1 or any of that. It's just not there in my head. Right. When you're playing, it'll actually say, you know, 
Hit L2, you idiot. No, it's right above the right above the player's head. It'll oh, okay. tell you what to do uh, or what it thinks you should do. You know, you're coming into the zone and it says, you know, move your sticks this way to the left or to the right or whatever to do a deke. And you're, and you're like, ooh, hey, cool, you know? Uh, it tells you face-offs, you know? It'll tell you uh, to try to tie up the other guy on the face-off or to pull back or, or do whatever uh, to win the face-off. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's great for new players. It's great for, you know, people who haven't played in a long time and just don't know. the. They know hockey, but they don't know the controls. So like me. Yeah, it would help, I think. Um, it's huge. I, I think it's probably the biggest thing they put in there. Nice. Um, and like I said, you can turn it off entirely. You can put it in adaptive mode, uh, which I like having in there. It's just cool to see some of the stuff that, that they throw in there. Um, for the returning modes, uh, for the Hockey Ultimate Team... Uh, the interface has been tweaked a bit, but I'm still not thrilled with it. I never have been. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did add was single-player seasons, which hadn't been there in the past. Mm. Okay. Uh, so now you get your ultimate team, you get all your players and everything, and you can tweak the lineups. And you don't just have to jump right into an online game and face Annihilation. <laughs> you can... <laughs> play single player season and and the cool thing is as you're playing your single player season like you can play a couple games in there get a feel for your players get a feel for your lineup and then take that same team and jump right into an online season right and then jump back to the other one and you can go back and Hmm. forth just to it's almost like a practice mode in a way um but you're still you know gaining pucks and currency and everything and all the experience for playing Sure. Uh, whether it's on, you know, m- the multiplayer or the single player stuff. So that's a really cool addition. I like that. Um, be a pro mode. Uh, yes, you can sim to the next shift. Yeah, you were showing <laughs> that on the uh, stream. I made a big deal about cool. that. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's there. And it's it's really nice that it's back. Um, the other thing they did, which is vastly improved i think uh and it's similar to what madden's kind of doing with the xp uh it's no longer gain or you know gain all your xp during the game and then go in to a menu and essentially buy your stats you know oh yeah yeah that's all gone okay what happens now is you know you pick the type of player you want to be uh, when you create a player, uh, similar to the um, to the classes in uh, the EA Sports Hockey League, which I'll okay. get to later, you know, see, so you, you want to be a defensive defenseman, you want to be a power forward, you want to be a playmaker, a sniper, or whatever. How you play the game, then, keys in on you know. You said you were a sniper. You're supposed to play as a sniper. So as you play, you're going to gain or lose XP based on your actions on the ice. So are you saying it's all about the game and how you play it? Yes, finally. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's like real life. If you, so it's like triple H. If you play it and you play it the way you should be playing it, you're going to get better, better yeah. experience. Your, your experience points will go up. If you're not playing well, like I, I take a lot of wrist shots. I tend to take a ton of wrist shots. So after that game I was playing, I think it was the one I was playing on, on the stream. Um, might not have been, I don't know. I, I took screenshots of all these screens. It gives you your performance afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I was giving you shit. C plus really. Yeah. Well, this one, actually <laughs> that one, I ended up with like an A for everything. Cause I, you I had like, did not. you had B, you had A for one thing and two B's. Two B's. All right. Cause I had yeah. two goals and two assists, I think. Yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Um, it was funny cause so, at one point somebody got in the comments they're like, Oh, <gasps> I'm gonna, or if Glenn says you don't stream, I'm I'm here to witness it. I'm like, uh, I'm right here. <laughs> I just wasn't talking because I got my Mexican food. <laughs> so, for my player, I, I tend to take a lot of wrist shots more than slap shots. And this game, you could see my slap shot power, my slap shot accuracy stayed flat. Slap shot power went down twelve points. Right. Um, XP. You know, from it's. It's between level 74 and 75, um, right. but it dropped 12 points within that. Um, my wrist shot accuracy jumped to 40. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's basically how it works. It, it's slowly creeping you up in, you know, from 70 to 71 to 72 to 73. But within that, I think it's like a thousand point range or something like that or 500 point range. I'm not sure how big it is, whatever it is. Um, but like I can jump 240 points on wrist shot accuracy in one game. So, wow. uh, 318 experience points for all of my puck skills together in one game. Right. Um, discipline went down because I took a penalty. um, what That's was, because you wreck a discipline. My body checking went down because I don't hit all that much, and my durability went down a bit. <laughs> so it's funny. You in, other can, word, in other words, you're a Nancy boy that uh, doesn't have any discipline. Well, this is the cool thing about it. You can immediately see at the end of a game where, you're, where you need to work on your game essentially right right where you're lacking in in your skills you know i'm doing really well with this but i i need to focus a little bit more on taking the body and and staying out of the penalty box and whatever uh so it's it's freaking fantastic it's great you, it's no longer buying your experience you know well i'm gonna focus entirely on speed and i'm gonna focus entirely on my my wrist shot accuracy no, it just goes based on how you play. Cool. So it's beautiful. Um, be a GM mode. Uh, oh, well, there's also the tips from the coach in that uh, be a pro are so much better now, too. <laughs> They're a lot more specific, a um, lot more instructive. Uh, you're up there and you're trying to take face-offs. If you're losing face-offs a lot, the coach will actually tell you when you're in there, try to do this, try to do that. Uh, it's a lot more helpful in a way. Um, so instead of just berating you or praising you, they actually try to teach you when you're sitting hmm. on the bench. Um, so that's a big thing that's in there. Uh, the BGM mode has player morale. That's the big one there. The, the big change. Right. Um, which is actually really cool. 
um, you, you still have full control over your team and you can turn stuff on or off. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with that, but I'm going to do all this stuff. Um, you can still play any game you want or sim them all as you go through. Um, but this player morale, uh, they're all affected by different things and they're all affected uh, differently on the team. And depending on the morale, you know, your team is going to start to falter. They're going to play really well. They're going to play above their, you know, above their uh, abilities. Uh, If they're all morale is up and they're all getting along and everything's great. Uh, The cool thing is you can talk to the whole team. It doesn't come up all the time, but when you have a chance to, uh, like start of the season, I went in and it gives you like four or five choices. Sure. And I'm looking at them. And the cool thing is it's, it's not like it's been in the past where you've had things like that, where there's the very obvious good choice and the very obvious bad choice. And then <laughs> the one or two ambiguous choices. Um, they're all somewhat ambiguous. Like one is being a hard ass, which players would respond to certain players would respond to sure. one is being the nice guy. One is being this one is being that. So there's all these choices. The cool thing is there's no real right or wrong answer. And just like real life, the players are all going to react differently. The same player will react differently to the exact same thing you say to him, depending <laughs> on what's wrong with him. Hmm. So you really have to get to understand your players. You have to understand, you know, this guy's injured and he's, his morale is down because he's injured and he just wants to be out there on the ice. So you have to figure out what to say to him, you know, to, to keep him going and to get him up again. Um, hmm. It's pretty cool. Like I, I thought I picked a good one to start off the season and like, 90% of my team, their morale went down. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, right off the bat. <laughs> so, it's just, you you just don't know. Um, <laughs> I called his wife a lesbian. What? You called his wife a lesbian? I'd kick your ass. But she actually is a lesbian. <laughs> She's, well, I'm not going to say what he said. Yeah, he said something a little filthier yeah, than that. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. <laughs> But that that was great because from a movie, folks. Yeah, slap shot when he yes. skated around behind the goal. I she's a lesbian, <laughs> a lesbian. <laughs> oh, uh. Okay, does that make him gay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was another line. Yeah, not, not quite in those words, but yeah, yeah. I said Hell it nicer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. <laughs> um, back to the game. Um. Uh, where was I? The, yeah, the be a GM. I haven't gotten too deep into, um, you know, how you talk to them and everything. So I'm yeah. hoping that it becomes a little bit more, a little bit easier to read the players and kind of figure out how to talk to them based on previous conversations and things. Sure. I don't know if that's in there. If it's not, they need to work on that right now for next year. <laughs> um, and then the other stuff is basic stuff you've seen, like NHL Moments Live and all that stuff. Um, looks gorgeous. Looks better than last year. Plays better than last year. Playoff yeah. beards are here. Oh, Fuck boy. yeah. So the players that would typically grow beards will all grow beards during the playoffs. When you do your be a pro, you can tell it 
I want a playoff beard and I want it to grow at least this big. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, like Andrew Luck and then latest commercial? So, well, the thing is, like, my guy has, like, a regular beard year-round because I made him look generally like me. Okay. Um, But even with that, I can say, all right, when the playoffs come around, I want the beard to grow this much longer. So I'm really excited to see that happen. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. It's just one little touch, one more little touch. 20 people working all year just to get the beards right. Yeah. It's one more little touch to make an authentic game, you know, which is really cool. Um, The player models look much better than they did last year. It looked fantastic even on the stream. Yeah. It, yeah, it looked it looked really good this year. They've they've done a new thing with um a dynamic puck um and and just the way the puck moves and the way you come to the puck and pick it up in space uh when it's just kind of the the animations are more seamless, I'd say. Um, right. They they just work a lot better, and it looks a lot better, and feels a lot better in in the way it it you pick up the puck and you move with it, um, especially when it's loose or when it's a bad pass, and the player actually will reach out for it and lunge at it and try to pull it in, and it it looks and feels so much better. It's amazing. Nice. Um, the arenas are all very distinct. Um, they've all got their very specific things that are in them. Uh, the cannon in Columbus goes off, things like that. Right. Um, it's really cool. The mascots are there. You'll just, you'll see them, you know, if the other team scores and you're getting the crowd shots of people all upset and you'll see the mascot there like, what the fuck, you know, just freaking out. Um, Things like that. It's really cool. Um, audio is great. They've recorded more dialogue. Stuff like that has been fixed, but there's still a bunch of re- repetition and, and stuff. I mean, sure. it seems to be part of the course. always going to happen in every sports For game. sports games, yeah. It's not as bad as it was last year, but it's still there. Um, so they have made great strides in that. Uh, the EA Sports Hockey League, that's the one that everybody really wanted to know about. It, it, I talked about it before um, when they did the beta. It's just as good in the full game, if not better. Um, they are aware of the lobby issue. Uh, I talked about that on the podcast where I, I joined a team. Wait, when did you talk about it? I thought I did. I talked about this on the podcast like in the past couple of weeks. You couldn't talk about it on the podcast. Wasn't it under embargo until now? The beta? Oh, the beta. I'm sorry. No, yeah, this was in the beta. Okay. Um, this is the online six-on-six, essentially. Okay. Um, so the EA Sports Hockey League portion. Um, the problem that we ran into in the beta, and I brought this up, and they're like, yes, we're very well aware of this. We're working on a way to change that, and we have some ideas. We're just trying to get them implemented. And I threw a bunch of stuff at them and they were like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's something we hadn't thought of. That's yeah, that's something we're working on. So they know what the problems are and they're trying to get it sorted. The problems are, um, you join a club, create a club. You've got like, say 12 people on there. And I mean, it was, it was more pronounced in the beta because there were only so many, even though they had listed like 10,000 clubs, 
Um, right. People were clustering around a couple of them because, you know, oh, I found people who are playing. So let me join this club real quick, jump in and try to jump into a game. What would happen is you've got 12 people or 10 people in the lobby on a team. Uh, You're sitting in the lobby waiting. Okay. It says, okay, time to jump into the game. Whew, six people fill up the spots and then the game starts and you're sitting there in the lobby again like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> but now you're sitting in the lobby. There's no indication of what's going on in the game, All right. what period it is, how much time is left. If you jump into the lobby and there's a game going on already, you have no idea what's going on. You don't know how long you're going to be sitting there. I could be here for 30 seconds. I could be here for 20 minutes. I don't right. know. Right. So that's something they need to, they're, they're trying to find a way to make it more apparent. Um, whether it's, you know, letting you look in on the game or, you know, putting a clock up in the corner or whatever it is like a game time clock or something, you know, they're, they're trying to find a way it shouldn't be as bad when everybody gets in there and they create their own clubs and sure, because you rarely have 10 people saying, yes, let's all play tonight on this team. You know, cause you can only do six essentially at a time. Right. Um, other than that, you know, that issue, the EA sports hockey league is a billion times better now because it uses that same kind of thing. You go in, you pick the type of player you want to be. Yeah. They always have the exact same stats. But what you're doing is it's really up to your skill to play that game and to play that position. Um, and if your team picks and you can see what your team is picking and what the other team is picking. So okay. you can see that the other team is loading up with snipers and oh, okay. you can then do like a couple of defensive defensemen or, you know, you, you, it becomes almost like a chess match <laughs> there where nice. if you know the game, you know, you're watching and you're like, oh, they're doing, oh, well, then I need to be this or I need, I need to do this or I need to, you know, so your, your team should be kind of watching each other and, and building it up that way. And then right. it really comes down to your own skill as a player. So you can't really buy a good player. You have to be a good player. That's the right. huge difference this time around. And it would be great if every online game was like that, but it's not, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. So that's really, really cool. Um, you can create your player and go in there and, and do all that. You can customize everything in there. Uh, you can also play it uh, in like an online versus or online team play where you can play as uh, any available team. Um, so, and there are all the leagues are back all the, there's like nine or 10 different leagues in there. I can't remember how many exactly, um, which is still like a tiny, tiny fraction, but it's like all the Canadian junior leagues are back. The AHL, you play a full season in the Canadian junior leagues to get to the draft, which I'm in the middle of, um, it's it's fantastic. It's everything you wanted last year's cool. version to be. Nice. Uh, so it is a huge, huge improvement. And it's it's not just, oh, remember NHL 15 or 14? Yeah, all that stuff is back, and here it is in NHL 16. They've upgraded everything that's in there. It's not just, here's the same old modes, you know. They've upgraded all of them, and in a really, really good way. Nice. Uh, 
so it's just it's fantastic all around. Uh, I give it a nine. Oh wow! All right, cool. love it. Yeah, I know you were happy with it. You've been yeah, you've seemed very pleased with it. Very very happy. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Hee haw. Hee haw. I mean, I won't talk a lot about this because we talked about it. Uh, what was it last week? Quite a bit. But uh, it's 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 funny. You know, you were just like, oh, I don't want, I don't care about this at all. And <laughs> I mentioned hee haw to like all my friends up here, and all of them were like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And and because we all grew up with it, I guess I didn't think it was that big of a deal in Wisconsin, honestly. But yeah, it's, well, in Kansas too. Uh, so it's a show that started in, I, I believe, 68, and it was essentially a laugh-in for country music. Yep. Um, and and that, that was the whole pitch. Uh, the, the, the pack that we have has essentially, I think it's four full episodes, and it's got a bunch of uh, bonus content in terms of interviews, that sort of thing, which I watched all of them. It's, it's so weird that even the stuff that's so old on on those you know out of those episodes, the video quality is really good. I, I was shocked by that. Uh, it's something that that I always adored though when I was a child and when you know when I was younger, and it was cool to see it again and to see how my perception of it was now that I'm older, like the cheesy jokes and everything else, and like I never realized how of a central figure Junior Samples was on that show. And how much, you know, every interview you see on on the the special or you know the special features, every single one of them talks about Junior Samples, who was essentially just a sharecropper from Georgia that was illiterate until he got on the show and he started learning how to read and write. Hmm. It, it's just so crazy, and and how the writers would all try to give him really big words when they were doing the cornfield jokes, and, and just to try to make him trip up, you know. Uh, but it's great because they they had a lot more music than Laughing did. It was a lot more country music, and, and yeah. you know they shot it in Nashville, where all these great country artists were, and and that's why they shot it there. Was you know, look at this 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 wealth of content and wealth of 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 talent that's readily available. And they would even say like you know somebody all of a sudden couldn't be available that day that was booked. Well, we'll just you know give. Tammy Wynette a call, or we'll give Loretta Lynn a call. She'll come down and hit and take care of it. So it, it's pretty insane how they did it. And they, they just shot it in the basement of a, of a TV studio. It was cool to see how, or to hear how they shot it, where they just did two days worth of corn, uh, of cornfield jokes. And then they would break down that set and do the barbershop and do like, you know, eight or nine different barbershop skits. And then they would cut it all together. They actually got an Emmy uh, after a few years for being so innovative in how they edited a show. Uh, so they were, they were really doing some cool stuff with it. And it was all out of necessity. It was all out of the fact that they didn't have a lot of space. They didn't have a big budget. But they pulled it off. And, and you know, that walk down memory lane is, is one of the few that I've had that really lived up to what my memories were. The nostalgia was really there, you know. And, and um, it's so great to watch, man. Like... I'm such a big fan of Roy Clark and, and uh, Buck Owens already. And just to watch these guys, you know, perform so many times and to see, like, Roy Clark just go off on the guitar and go off on the banjo and to get to see Buck Owens and the Buckaroos again. And, I mean, I've got a couple albums, and, and I was always a big fan of these guys. So, But like I said, you know, they're, 
was that one episode where it was Tommy Cash, Johnny Cash's actual brother. I'm like, wow, that's kind of a wasted episode to have on. You know, you only have four episodes on the DVD set, and you have Tommy Cash. But yeah, he. But they made a big joke about it. He's like, hey, I'm Tommy Cash, Johnny Cash's brother. I get recognized quite a bit. Uh, well, I get recognized sometimes. Well, my hair is different. Okay, I don't. I never get recognized. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the whole things that they did. So I mean, he he could laugh at himself, which was cool. But you know, it it just. It's really cool, and, and, and even if you weren't into country music or if you're not, it's it's still worth a watch, in my opinion, because it's a big chunk of culture in the United States from the 70s up, you know, I think it was on for, what, 20-some years? Something like that, yeah. I don't remember anymore, but it was great. Like I, like I said before, I was watching it on my tablet on the plane out to Pax and back. And this couple next to me, she's like, are you watching Hee Haw? Aren't you a little young for that? I'm like, no, I watched this when I was a kid. You know, it's, it, it really, it touched a lot of people. And, and the, the show got canceled simply because NBC thought that it wasn't an, or no, CBS, I think it was, one of the two. They're like, well, it's not really a show that we would have on our, our, our network. So they went syndicated, went to syndication, and they blew up. All their fans followed them everywhere. Like everywhere the network moved them before they got canceled, their 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 viewers followed them. You know, it was just bulletproof. And they went to syndication. They blew up. They went from I think he said like 102 stations that were carrying them when they were with the network, and they went to like 190 stations. <laughs> and they said most of the or most of the stations. I think they said it was like 95 percent of the stations that had them when they were on the network pick them up in syndication as well. Hmm. So it's, it's one of those rare occurrences where, uh, you know, the network is just too stupid to understand what to do with the show and, and not realize that they really don't have to do too much to promote it. Cause it's all word of mouth, you know? It's, yeah. So chided as you would like, Josh, <laughs> growing up in Philly with all your Philly weird TV shows with gutter clowns and whatever else. Uh-huh. And dudes that are wearing like those old tuxedos that look like they were just pedophiles. Oh god, that guy was a pedophile, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was. It was cool. It, it never got vulgar. I mean, they 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 had a couple of racy jokes here and there, but it never got vulgar. It was good old fashioned humor. It was just fun. And and it, like I said, what I remember the show being is what it still is. And I love the fact that for once I have this nostalgia for something that actually lives up to it. You know. Uh, video quality is great. The interviews are great. I kind of wish there were more interviews, but you know, a few of those people are dead. Uh, Minnie Pearl's gone. Grandpa Jones is gone. Junior Samples is gone. Um, but they did get to interview quite a few people, and, and um, it's cool. I mean, I don't remember what the price is. I don't have all the stuff in front of me. But uh, uh, yeah, I was looking for it. I hang on. <laughs> No, you know what? I don't think you sent me all the stuff. I did. I scanned all of it. I don't think you uh, scanned the letter, though. Pretty sure. Well, that's what I'm looking for right now. Yeah. Um, hang on. TV movie of editing reviews. Yes. The power of editing compels me. Give me a second. TV movie reviews. TV. Whoops. I mean, DVD. Uh, Three collection. DVD set fe- featuring Merle, ha- a really young Merle Haggard, by the way. Press release. Hank Jr., Tammy, Tammy Wynette, Camway, $39.95. How much is it? $39.95. That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, it's great. I mean, because it, it is kind of a sampler, you know? I mean, we joked about it that it's yeah. that, you know, that first taste is free aspect of it, but it's a great sampler. And, and man, there's some really kick ass musical numbers on there. 
uh, Loretta Lynn and um, Conway Twitty in a duet, and you know Hank Williams Jr. when he was pretty young still, and oh, it's it's so good. So uh, I wish there was more content. I do think that one of the episodes was kind of wasted with Tommy Cash. Um, I think they could have done a little bit better with that, but I like the fact also that um, it kind of spans a bunch of years. It's not just a, a couple of episodes in a row. They've actually kind of picked and chosen or chosen episodes from different eras. Uh, so I think it spans from like toward the beginning of the show up to, I think, the late 70s or early 80s with the four episodes that are on there. So. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I loved it. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.0. I wish there was a little more content, but 39 ain't bad for what's on there. But video quality is surprisingly good. Yeah, it is. I just, I mean, the way they shot that show and everything, I would never expect it to be as good as it is. And, man, that interview with Ray Clark is just so damn good. It is, actually. Yeah. So there you go. Yeehaw. Now i got to write it. Yep. Yep. All right, the Carol Burnett Show, the Lost Episodes Collector's Bastard. Edition. Uh, I I did the math here. It's just shy of twenty one hours of content. Wow. <laughs> For how much? For fifty nine ninety five. I may have to buy that. That's <laughs> that's astounding. It is. It really is astounding. And we already know the content's good. <clears throat> yeah. So, um. These are the, it's called the lost episodes because it is episodes from the first five seasons of the Carol Burnett show, 67 to 72. Okay. Um, these are things that have not been seen anywhere since they aired. They were never in reruns. They were never in syndication. They were never on DVD or anything. So right. this is it. This is the first time anybody's been seeing them since 67 I really, to 72. I want to watch those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and the other thing is I was blown away. I mean, each episode was basically an hour. Every single week they were putting on the equivalent of like a Broadway show. Yeah. Week to week to week. They literally had to turn the whole thing around in a week. They had to build new sets. They had to design. They had a guy, one guy that was doing all the costumes he, it was Bob Mackie, though. Yeah, and he would design all the costumes and create Bob them. Mackie. <laughs> um, they had to write all the sketches. They had to learn all the sketches. They would do them. They would do a full dress rehearsal in the afternoon with a live audience and everything, and then do the show that night. Right. And then the you know the production crew would then pick and choose you know, which takes to use, to use right. the, the afternoon one. Cause, because they messed up in it and it was funnier because, you know, somebody just burst out laughing in the middle of the, of the scene yeah. cause they just couldn't hold it together, which famously yeah. there was that whole Tim Conway on the couch with oh, God. doing the elephant, the Siamese yep. elephant. <laughs> yep. Um, but they showed a bunch of that stuff on there. I, I was blown away by the behind-the-scenes stuff even more than I was the show itself because I'm watching the show and I'm I'm really loving the show because uh, this was stuff I saw when I was a kid and and watching it again and man the what was her name oh my gosh oh uh, Nancy Wilson brown hair or, uh, no 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 blonde. no 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 well that's what I thought. 
it was it was an African American woman comes walking out. Oh, and I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god. Yeah, and she was a singer and all. Well, I mean, this is 1967. Yeah, and the jokes were a little bit uh, <laughs> where well, I would look at them and I go, mean, that, oh. was, "That was Hollywood in '67." Oh, though. I know, and yeah. she was in there, and she was part of it. She sang a song. She was an amazing singer. She was really awesome. Um, but then she was in one of the sketches, yeah, um, with Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. Nice, which was just crazy. That was like the the whole thing was they were it was like a soap opera. Um, where they were widows and it was a town of widows and they were just going to funeral after funeral after funeral. <laughs> and then somebody showed up. I forget who it was. It was the other guest star. It was, um, uh, Eddie Albert shows up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, I'm new in town. And of course the two of them are trying to <laughs> glom on him and, and marry him immediately. Um, so, and that was really funny. And then she shows up, uh, you know, the singer, uh, shows up and she's doing her thing and they're like, Oh, you'd be our first Negro in town. And I was just like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. That's awesome. Um, but just seeing all this, I, I, I was just so happy watching all of it, but the behind the scenes stuff is the amazing, amazing stuff. That's gotta be. Yeah. They got all the surviving cast members, um, which is everybody, but Harvey Corman, basically, uh, Harvey Corman's still alive though, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. He just doesn't want to do the comedy anymore. Okay. He wanted, he broke away from comedy. He was doing children's TV for a while and I thought he, he was die? gone. I don't think he did. I'll uh, look it up. Look him up. Because I didn't think he did because Tim Conway was there. Lyle Wagner who I haven't seen in forever. Yeah, well, um, nobody has. Carol and Vicky. And Oh, yeah, he did die. 2008? Okay. Holy shit. Yeah, I thought he died. I'm sorry. I didn't think he did. Um, I just didn't want to believe it. So they go for a backstage tour of Studio 33 where they filmed everything for the entire 11 seasons. Okay. So they're all in there right now today walking around. Oh, wow. And saying, oh, and this is where this used to happen. And my dressing room was over here. Here's my... And they go in. They're like, yeah, this flat screen wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) So they're explaining what their dressing rooms looked like and where they were and everything. And how they had set everything up on stage and and all the stuff they had to do. And and they go, and right over here, you know, a couple years into our show, Sonny and Cher went on the air right here. Right. And, And Vicky goes... Now, when when we were both on the air and we're both doing our thing, you know, they would put this big wall up right here and you couldn't get through. So to get backstage, to get over to the Sunny and Cher thing, come with me. And she's got the cameraman and she walks into this lady's room uh-huh. and as she's walking through, she's like, oh, oh, I, uh, no, it's OK, dear. We'll be right out. We'll be. And she's like, <laughs> she makes this face and she's like, come on, come on to the camera. guy." <laughs> and they walk right through and walk out another door into essentially the backstage area of the other studio. Oh, wow. And she's like, and we would come right over here and you could watch Sonny and Cher do their thing. And, you know, and as they do that, they intercut where, you know, it was like the first episode where Sonny and Cher were next door. They brought them on stage over at Carol Burnett and they were talking to them and introducing them and they did a song and everything. And it, it was just fascinating. So, Everything that went on behind the scenes to to make the show work 
was just mm-hmm. blew me away. How much went into it for an hour long show with all the musical numbers, all the dance numbers that had to be yeah. rehearsed and, and choreographed and just made week after week after week. The other thing that I never knew, um, because I'm watching this long interview with Carol and she says she had a 10 year contract with CBS right signed. And, um, the contract was basically, uh, you do, uh, like one or two guest of guest shots every year and then like one or two specials every year. And that was it. But her agent had written into the contract if by the end of five years, Carol decides she wants to do a show. She can just say, I want to do a yes. show. Yes. All she has to do is say yes, yeah. and CBS must put it on. Yeah, we talked about this before. Um, there was something else that came up, like another interview on a, on a DVD or something, and you and I talked about that. Yeah, and I'd forgotten all about that. because it's she was astounding because she just basically said, yeah. I want to do a show. Well, she went even further into depth in depth with it this time around. And she was talking about how they were sitting around and it was, it was literally the last day. Yeah. And she was sitting with her husband. It was Christmas. And she's like, you know what? Maybe we should do the show. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, maybe we should. Cause I want to do some kind of variety thing and it would be fun to do it. So let's just try it. And they literally, they expected to be off the air. In like weeks. Right. Um, but she called up the head of CBS like at Christmas yep. <laughs> and said, uh, you know, the, the show, I want to do the show. He's like, what show? <laughs> and she explained to him, he's like, you, what? That's not in your contract. She's like, yeah, it's in my contract. He's like, oh, oh yeah, it's in your contract. Okay. Let me, let me get back to you. I think they tried to weasel out of it. Well, they tried. They, they, he immediately like probably pulled everybody out of Christmas dinner and all these lawyers and everything. Oh yeah. And like the next day he was like, okay, <laughs> like defeated, like it's in there and we can't do anything about it. Um, but literally th- they expected them to just bomb and be gone in weeks. And it went on for 11 years. Yeah. The other thing was Tim Conway had been on as a guest so many times that eventually they were like, well, d- why don't we just make him a full-time member of the show? But it wasn't until season nine. I know. Of 11. That they, <laughs> yeah, she's like, what the hell was, what the hell was I thinking? Like, but he had been on so often and they ha- always had so much fun with him that they were finally like, duh, <laughs> you should be here all the time. <laughs> um, the other really cool one was uh, Julie Andrews. Yeah. Uh who is Carol Burnett's best friend in the world. Right. Um, because she had, I, I forget how they had met. She talked about it, but, um, I thought they met on Broadway. Um, oh, I think it was when she, when Carol was living in New York city doing, uh, trying to get on Broadway and everything else. And I thought maybe they roomed together or something. No, no. You know what it was? I that, no, I remember they got, they were introduced to each other at some dinner and okay. it was like, two of their friends knew each other and they said, Oh my gosh, you two would get along. You two should talk. And they, they set this whole thing up where they met and had dinner and her and Carol just immediately fell into it. Like they were best friends since childhood (laughs) and essentially ignored everybody else at the table at that point. And they talked for hours and just were immediately instant best friends forever. So, 
<clears throat> but she was she was telling the story about, and I can't remember who the guy was. There was this guy who they were doing something in DC, um, this big variety show special, something that was going on. Right. Uh, her and Carol were down there, and this guy was coming. He was he was doing some some show somewhere else, and he was like, "All right, I'm I'm taking the train down from New York, and I'll be there. You know, I'll be there late, but can you guys, if you're up, can we get together and have a drink? Because I'd love to hang out and talk." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure." So. They're sitting around in their hotel room and they're drinking and they've got like their, according to Julie Andrews, their nightgowns and their slippers on, you know? <laughs> um, and it got really, really late. It got to, cause there was a huge storm and the trains were delayed and the guy got there at like one in the morning or something absurd like that. So was this, they know he's coming. So they're, they they dispute who said it, but Julie Andrews says, I think it was probably me. I guess it was me who said, I have this naughty idea. Let's go down to the end of the hall right in front of this bank of elevators and sit on the couch there. And when he comes out, we'll be kissing, <laughs> you know, just to shock him. And, and, and it'll be really funny. Nice. So they go down in their nightgowns and everything. They're like half dressed. And they're sitting on the couch and they hear the elevator coming up and they're like, okay. And they start kissing and everything and it dings and it opens up and they look over and it's secret service, <laughs> like a, like an elevator full of secret service guys. And they're like, Oh, and the door slowly starts to close. And as it's closing, there's like a recognition of, wait, did I just see what I thought I just saw? <laughs> and it closes and it goes nice. And then they hear the elevator come again and they're like, Okay, here we go. Here we go. And they get ready to do it. And they're kissing. And Lady Bird Johnson walks out of the elevator. (laughs) And Carol sees her, freaks out, and dives behind the couch. And (laughs) And she's laughing. And she's embarrassed. And she's hiding behind the couch. Lady Bird Johnson walks all the way down to the end of the hall to wherever her room was. Because that's why the Secret Service was there. Because President Johnson was there, too, at the time. Sure. Um. She gets almost to the door, reaches for the door, and then turns around and walks all the way back down, leans over the couch, and she goes, aren't you Carol Burnett? (laughs) And she's freaking out back there. She's like, yes, and she's dying. And she's like, oh, okay. And she walks back and goes to her room. So then the third time, they're like, all right, we have to do this. We have to. And they do it. And the guy walks out, and he's like, oh, hey, girls. And he just walks past them. (laughs) Like, like, nothing ever happened. (laughs) And they're like, what the hell? That's awesome. Somebody probably tipped them off. Yeah. So it's you get all this. You get all these amazing stories. There's all these people that are interviewed, all these people that were on it. There's bloopers. There's outtakes. There's Wow. It's just filled with fantastic stuff. Yeah, 60 bucks, 21 hours of content. Man. The shows alone are just amazing to watch. And then you've got just dozens and dozens of hours. How many hours did I say? I, I can't 21, remember. I think you said. No, I mean of the of the backstage oh. stuff. Oh, okay. Um, was just a huge, I don't know if I gave a number on that. Oh, five hours. 
on this. Wow. Yeah, five hours of bonus programming. I mean, th- some of the interviews, Alan Alda, Julie Andrews, Vicky Carr, Carol Channing, Bill Hader, Jack Jones, Jim Neighbors, who was another one of her best friends. Right. Queen Latifah, Gloria Loring, Don Rickles, which I was watching some of that. The audio on that one is really weird for some yeah, reason. Rickles kills me, though. Uh, Leslie M. Warren and more. Um, wow. It's, it's freaking amazing. So... Yeah, and they have the opening number from Julie and Carol at the Lincoln Center. That was the TV special oh, that they were down there to film when nice. they ran into the Johnsons and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is it is so worth it. This package alone, I don't know you know, if you're really a fan, the $200 for 22 DVDs. And that's actually, when you break it down per DVD, that's not a bad price. No, not at all. Um, mm. So even and that might be that worth for Christmas. it. Yeah. But but this one alone, sixty bucks for for six discs and nearly twenty one hours of content is way it's a steal. It's way worth it. Um the video quality is really good, especially considering that this is sixty seven to seventy two. Right. Uh in terms of, you know, what you're getting to see. Um but man, it's amazing. Um this one I'm I'm giving it a nine. Nice. Um, I have to get that. It's fantastic. Yeah. May have to pick that up. Yep. Hmm. All right. Uh, I think we're pretty much done. Any emails? Anybody? I didn't. Well, while you're looking, give it give it a quick look. I just wanted to say uh, thank you really quick to our listener, our friend Tim Paulin, who last night sent us over twenty bucks on PayPal. Wow! Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, dude. He's been playing Rocket League with us a lot. I know he's in the league, too. Uh, it sounds like the league is actually starting to actually take off a little bit. So uh, it, it, it's it's really nice. Like, they've they've kind of stepped up their game. Um, they even, like, someone created a website for it so you, they can track it and all kinds of crazy shit. So, very cool. Now Rock just turned Rocket League on. To make me want to play Rocket League, you dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but thanks, Tim. Thank you very much for that, sir. That was very nice of you. Didn't have to do that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, I sent one. You read that and I will look for others. It's the one we just got? Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, this one's from Ryan. His PSN is Death's Basement. Nice. <laughs> What's that? Nice. And creepy and nice. Uh, hey guys, short and sweet email here. I I disagree with that, but okay. I, I disagree with the short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sweet. We'll find out. Short. Uh, was listening to an episode a few weeks ago where Josh was talking about playing games with his son, and he gave me a great idea. Hang on, my throat's getting dry. Ah. Or are your eyes welling up? Which one is it? Maybe. I need some violin music in the background. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, A light bulb went off that I think would be a mint for PlayStation to do, but I have no idea how to go about it. Wait, he's going to give away a patent-pending idea here? Apparently. I have a -a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter who always wants to, quote-unquote, play like dad. So poorly is what you're saying. Mm. You want your daughter to be bad at video games. If, If it's anything like... Josh's kid trying to play like dad. I was thinking about it, or I was thinking it would be genius for a company like Leapfrog to pair with PlayStation 4, 
make a kids controller and then they can either do game content on the PSN or they, they can release a disc with a few learning skills in the same area. So as I was saying, I think it would be a great idea for PlayStation with all the people from our generation in our 30s, your generation, not ours, yeah. uh, that are having kids now. I'm certain it would fly off shelves. Like Wonderbook, you know. Any advice that you, yeah. <laughs> any advice that you can give uh, would be much appreciated as it always sounds like you two know a lot of people that would, uh, that would be the right ones to talk to. I think he typed this on his phone, by the way. Uh, thanks for taking the time to read this, and thanks for the great podcast. Keep up the work, Ryan. Um, um, it sounds... Yeah. It, it's a great idea, but so was Wonderbook, yeah. and then nobody put any... And so was Move, whatsoever. and so was... See, that's the problem. You, the, the, at, least, at least Morpheus seems to be getting a lot of attention. Yeah, Sony's biggest shortcoming is they create amazing tech, and then they don't back it. And then they just ab- abandon it yeah. right away because either PR and marketing don't know how to handle it or they just don't care. Yeah. It's all internal politics from what it sounds like. But that's what happened with Wonderbook. And and that's kind of the biggest problem there. I mean, you yeah. can have a fantastic idea and you can have this amazing thing. And we see that all the time. We see amazing products and amazing ideas. I said – I think I said it jokingly on the podcast. If I didn't, I said it to somebody. Um wouldn't it be amazing if Sony could do their own toys to life, like the Amiibos, but like do their own? I mean, you've got Kratos and Sly Cooper and Jack and Daxter, and uh, you know, you've got this huge stable of characters, yeah, that are owned by Sony. You could make amazing toys to life stuff with them, but it's one of the, it's Sony. So yeah. first, they probably would never do it, and even if they did it would fall apart in the first year or so in the first six months, unfortunately. Um, but man, I would love to see stuff like that. I would love to have little Kratos and, and little Sly Cooper and little, you know, that I could then put on a base and then drop them into games and play as them in some huge game somewhere, you know, it'd be cool. I mean, they have the established brands and everything else. And yeah, a lot of kids know, especially no sack boy, and yep. you know it, it. It's just weird. Yeah, it's it's. I just don't trust that they would be able to pull it off. I mean, even Nintendo, who everybody was like, "Oh my God, they're going to print money! It's going to be amazing! I can't wait! It's going to." Yeah, I mean, they are kind of printing money, but the things are freaking useless. You can hardly use them in any games, and the games you can, you can't do that much with them. I mean, the Super Smash Brothers, yeah, that's great. But like Mario Kart, it unlocks a themed cart for you. Yay? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> plus there's no supply of half these dumb things. And on, yeah, the, on the Nintendo side. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo always kind of caters to that younger demographic. Though, I mean, look at the... I even want one of those Yoshi yarn... Amiibos. Oh yeah, me too. Those those look freaking awesome. Yeah, Markman from uh, from Mad Cats is over in Japan right now, and, and they have them over there already. I'm like, oh, I want one. I want a green one. Yeah, uh, I mean they have some really cool stuff. Sony, it's weird. Like they they get stuff and they have stuff that you think would cater to that, but they just abandon it. They don't know what to do with it or something. Yeah, it's frustrating as hell. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think it would, would be cool if they did something like with Leapfrog or whatever else. And yeah, I think that'd be a great, great thing. I mean, luckily, even uh, uh, that Morpheus game I was talking about, that that Playroom Morpheus game, mm-hmm. where you play as kind of the Godzilla character and everything, uh, that's great for little kids because yeah. they can just use the controller and very simply act as one of the AR bots. Yep. So. Yeah, I think I think we will see a few things with Morpheus. Obviously, not for the kids to put the VR headset on, but uh, the fact that that has that output to the HDMI gives them the opportunity to have that you know that that group play, which you don't see on the other platforms. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. I would love to see some of that stuff. Really, all we have now is Disney Infinity Skylanders, etc. That that runs on all the systems, you know. And even then, those games. Your kid has to probably what be at least about six or seven. Um, well, probably maybe five. I think five? Right. he'd be able to handle um, something like Disney Infinity uh, and Skylanders. Lego is a whole other issue. Um, yeah. The the thing is, uh, I don't know how old they'd have to be five or six because you have to be able to. You don't really have to be able to, but you should be able to build those Lego pieces and the minifigures and change around the vehicles and things like that, which is not something easy for a little kid to do Uh, because these are the small Lego pieces. They're not like the Duplo box, you know, or the they're the big ass Lego pieces. Right. Um, They're the really tiny ones. Um, Yeah. I don't know. We'll see when when Lego comes out. I mean, right now he still he looks at the the Dual Shock and he holds it, but he's like he knows he knows that there's no way he could control what's on screen right now. He just doesn't have the dexterity. Right, right. Because he'll give me shit. He'll be like, "No, you need to do it on hard. You need to get the three stars." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> you need to get it." And I hand your, your him the kids, your, your kids trolling you. Yeah, I hand him the controller, and he laughs. He's like, "I can't do it. You do it." Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He's like, "Yeah, there's no way." He's like, "You do it." <laughs> wow, it's funny. funny. Yeah, it's yeah. it's fun to do, but yeah. All right. Cool. So on to the next one. Pablo says, I successfully upgraded to a two terabyte hard drive. Now my windows seven and eight won't recognize the drive. Can you shed some light on this? Yes. Yeah. I always wanted to do another video. I just haven't had a chance. Uh, So what you need to do, if you have a Mac, you can do this also. It's just done, done a different way, basically, but it's the same concept. So the partitions that are on the hard drive right now won't be recognized by windows or macintosh so because uh playstation uses a proprietary uh file system so basically what you have to do is connect up the drive and in windows 7 or 8 go into the control panel uh let me think where it's it's drive management well it's well go to computer management in administrative tools and then you want to go to drive management. And what you have to do is look for the drive itself and and the drive should actually show up yeah but it won't show anything so well, what it does, I've done this because what it shows is like twenty-seven partitions. Yeah, there's a bunch of partitions. So what <laughs> you have to you're do looking is at like what? Go over to the to the GUI side on the right side, and you'll see all the partitions. You have to right-click on each one and actually delete those partitions. Once you delete all the partitions, uh, right-click on the drive itself on the left side of the GUI, where it actually gives you the drive number and everything. Right-click on that and say create new partition. Create one large partition. 
and then format it as either well you probably want to format it as fat32 uh, so it's recognized as like just a, a generic USB drive. If you do it NTFS, only that Windows box will be able to see it. Um, so that's basically it. Uh, I think I wrote it out one time, but I don't remember where it is anymore. And then on Mac, uh, Mac, you want to go into your applications and then go to utilities, go to the disk utility. And it's kind of the same thing where you, you'll be able to pull up all the partitions on that drive. So just select the drive itself on the left side. And uh, you can just remove the partitions that are on it right now and then add a new partition. And, again, do it as, um, uh, I think it's EXT FAT. Or you don't want to do it as a native Mac drive. You want to do it as a different FS. I just don't remember what it's called anymore. But, yeah, I mean, I wanted to do a video. I just haven't had the time and inclination I do have a drive there that I can do it with. Maybe if I ever finally get to that stupid Nyko databank, I'll I'll take care of it. But yeah, that's all you got to do. You just have to get rid of the partitions, create a new partition that that the system can see. Yep. Because the one that's on there, Windows and Mac can't recognize. That's all. So, and you can do that with the PS3 and the PS4 drive you take out. Yeah. Both of them will work. Yeah. All right. Next up, I guess I got to read it, huh? Yep. <clears throat> Uh, hi, I'm back with another Morpheus question. He had a previous Morpheus question? I don't remember that name. Ultra Freaky? Uh, would it be a good idea to play Morpheus if I decide to drink some beers? Or will I get very motion sickness? Are you guys planning to test it out while you're drinking? Like always, love the podcast. Your fans since the beginning until the end of times. P.S. I would like to send you guys someday a bottle of Japanese sake. Yes, or, please. Uh, if you're into that. <laughs> Just like Martin. Martin! I'm also married to a Japanese and have been living in Japan for 12 years. Always take care and see you on Battlefront. Uh, yeah, I actually, I usually go to a Japanese market in Chicago called Mitsua. Uh, there's a few of them in the country, and I usually pick up sake there. I, I love cold sake. Me too. Yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> trying it while drinking. I mean, I think, I think results are going to vary. I mean, you know, Emra was getting sick not even drinking at all. Yeah. So you have to watch out for that first, I'd say. I think it could be trouble because you kind of you lose your balance. Um, well, if you're sitting, it won't be that bad, I don't think. But, you know, even if you're sitting, you can... But it really depends on if you can handle your alcohol to begin with. But that's the thing. It, as you start to drink and, and it starts to mess with your brain and everything, it starts to mess with you put that thing on your head and your brain is trying to process, all right, I'm in this space, but your body is still in regular space and you're going to fall down and you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to break something. You might break the Morpheus. You might break your arm. You might, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that I won't drink when I'm playing a Morpheus game. I'm not planning on it. I'm not making an agenda to do it, but it could happen. But I don't think it'd be a good idea. Yeah. I yeah. think it could lead to some serious trouble. <laughs> when I was doing uh, the Oculus Touch demo at um, at PAX with their new controllers, um, the whole demo is basically with a table in front of you, like a countertop in front of you with all the toys and everything on it. And at one point, I almost leaned on the counter. Like I almost tried to lean on it. <laughs> and then I all of a sudden realized, oh, shit, I'm standing here with nothing to grab onto. <laughs> It's just a blank room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you can get sucked in pretty easily. Just saying. Yep. 
All right, last one from Sandra. Uh, tell you right now, Sandra, we're going to need a follow up with uh, a little more information here. <laughs> okay. Uh, not sure if you can help, but help needed in setting up a PS2 on a TV for a complete novice. I can hear the sound, but can't see the picture. Have tried different channels to see if one has the picture on it, but no luck. Uh, That's it. <laughs> um, I think she thought she was emailing uh, PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but um, well, we need a little more information than that. Um, well, the, the thing is, I don't think... Can you plug a PS2 in without, with an RF modulator? No, I don't think they had enough, so it wouldn't be a channel anyway. No, well, that's the yeah. thing. It's yeah, it's um. So if it's PS2, you need to switch to the correct input, not the channel. But Let's look for the input. Depending button. on the TV or depending on whatever it is, yeah, who knows? Well, there's no way she's plugged into a TV that doesn't have inputs. I mean, that's the whole thing. She wouldn't be able to plug it in unless it had an input. You never know. No. She could go in through some other box and plug it in through... Well, that's possible, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We need more information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you listen to the podcast, I don't even know. Maybe you just sent the email and you, you never heard of the podcast. Yeah. But that's there. Okay. So we have one quick late-breaking news uh, that I don't have a lot of info for yet, but... Um, we have a little bit. So being announced uh, before the Paris show that, that Sony's going to show a lot of stuff at, uh, just found out that we're getting Gravity Rush remastered for the PS4. Mm. Uh, it's going to be remastered, 1080p visuals, targeting 60 frames per second, handled by Bluepoint, the same folks that are doing the Uncharted collection. This had been rumored forever, though. It has, but this is confirmed. Actually, the announcement will be out before the podcast releases. Uh, it's going to, all the Vita DLC will be included. So it's three different DLC packs, a hefty gallery mode with tons of concept art and cutscenes. Uh, so I know that there's some more stuff, but I don't know if I can talk about it yet or not. I don't know if it's being announced tonight, so I'll hold my tongue, but there's another announcement too. That's maybe going to happen tonight. <laughs> um, but that this is going to be announced at TGS. So, there you go. Yay. Yeah. So, Gravity Rush, pretty popular game. Uh, even though it was a, a PlayStation Plus game, apparently it did very, very well uh, in spite of that. Uh, so, this is a remastered version of that Vita game that uh, everybody got for PlayStation Plus back in the day. And um, I just like saying that to piss Josh off, by the way. What? I Back in the day. Uh, douche. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go, Gravity Rush. Or Gravity Days, depending on what, where you're at. Uh, so very cool. I'll be happy to see that. And I'm happy Blue Point's doing it, because it looks like Uncharted's pretty outstanding from everything I've seen and played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we done? Are we freaking mm-hmm. done? Wow, we're going to be under three hours. That's all right, though. I have to edit this beast. All right, next week. What the hell are we going to be talking about next week? Trying to think. Maybe Skylanders? No, that'd be I don't no, I doubt it. I don't think we'll be able to talk about it yet. Um, we will be talking about Haven Season uh, five. I'll have a review for the Steel Series headphones we got. 
Uh, we might be doing a giveaway for the V-Moda M100 headphones that I reviewed a while back. Um, they just reached out about doing a giveaway. And also, sounds like their new wireless headphones we'll have for review eventually. So I'll have that going on. Well, um, we're also going to have some Turtle Beach stuff for uh, review soon, it sounds like. Finally. That's like the one we never got was Turtle Beach. And everybody always asks us about us. And we're like, well, I don't know. We've never used Turtle Beach. Mm. So, yeah. Not really sure what we're going to be talking about next week yet. I got more TV. Huh? I got more TV coming. <sighs> yep. Uh, CPO Sharky Season 2. <laughs> Which I need to watch Season 1 still. Um, uh, White Shadow which is a film. It's not the show. <laughs> uh, it's a f- I'd rather that, honestly. Uh, this, um, this looks really interesting. Yeah, I'm sure, but I'd rather have the show because I remember watching it when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a film about Al... By the way, if we ever get Welcome Back, Cotter, I, I get that Oh, one. fuck no. I, my dad was a teacher, so we lived on that show. <laughs> uh... He called his class. Teacher too. Yeah, he called his class the Sweat Hogs. I don't think your mom called her class the Sweat Hogs. Well, no, because it was an all girls Catholic school. Exactly. So so this White Shadow, it's about albinos in East Africa and the nightmare um, of being an albino in East Africa, like Hmm. literally being hacked um, to death uh, for Hmm. your body parts because they. Bring good fortune and prosperity and can cure any illness. Mm. Um, scary movie. So Nice. Uh, yeah. So those will be coming. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else. Uh, Maybe games? Probably. Maybe. 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 Games? Hopefully. Possibly. Well, if we get Skylanders before it releases. Well, but the problem is we don't know what the embargo is going to be. Yeah, but it releases this Sunday, this coming Sunday. Is it this coming Sunday or the next Sunday, I thought? This coming Sunday. I wonder if it's sitting in my house. God, I hope not. Well, I hope not. I think they're supposed to send it right to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This coming Sunday, so we'll be able to talk about it. We should have it sure, before sure. it releases, or at least Monday. Well, we would hope. Things get screwed up from, from, from yeah. time to time. We yes, but so we could probably yes. talk about that. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out. I'm sure that we will. usually do. Maybe I'll finally get to play Calvino Noir. <laughs> nah, <laughs> if I can make it work. Um, the game that's made to troll you—it's actually doing what it's supposed to. Apparently, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to Activision for the invite for the event uh, this last week. That was really, uh, really very cool. Uh, great opportunity. Uh, thanks to M Shadows for talking to me and, and the guy from Games GameSpot. Uh, thanks for putting up with my dumb question that Symphonia Sam made me ask him. Um, but I warned him ahead of time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, everybody that won Extra Life Prizes for the Mini Marathon, uh, they've been sending their addresses in, so as soon as I get home, I'm going to start boxing that stuff up and get it mailed out. So hopefully that will happen within the next few weeks to get everything out. So uh, thanks to everybody again for for supporting our cause there and uh, get ready because it's, it's what, what are we at, September now? 
Uh, about seven, uh, six weeks away from Extra Life. Mm. Seven weeks, seven weeks. So it's coming, folks. Get ready. All right, we're out of here. Get out there, play some games. Have a great week. Josh, you got anything else? Mm. That's a no. Um, no. Uh, quiet, you hockey puck. <laughs> Adam was asking something. <laughs> he's he's multitasking. He's playing Rocket League and asking me questions. Uh huh. Good job, Rock. All right. Uh, All right. Bye. All right. Bye. It's amazing having babies. It's amazing. I can't believe what you women go through to make a baby. Man, I take my hat off. Guys, if your lady friend gets pregnant, you take care of them. You rub their back. You rub their feet. You do whatever they want because, man, they go through a lot. No way a man would ever do that. If God right now went, okay, you're switching, we go, all right, no more people. I ain't doing that for nine months. Ruin my short game, you crazy? So take, I take my hat off, ladies, you know. So guys, take care of them. And don't say stupid stuff either, like me. I came home one time. My wife's like six months pregnant. She's like laying on the couch. There's like food and clothes everywhere. And I walked in and went, what'd you do today? <laughs> Don't do that. My wife looked up and went, today, I don't know, Henry, let's see. What did I do today? Today, I made a lung. I just started vacuuming right then, man. I could not compete with making body parts. Well, what can I say? Well, I unloaded the dishwasher. Spleen. <laughs> you win. I love my kids, man. I love my wife. It's great. It's, you know, it's different being a dad nowadays, you know. Now you got to kind of be there. I was there for the birth of my children. I knew I was going to be there. I just, yeah. I was there. I just didn't know I was going to be right there. There I was. My wife's like, isn't this beautiful? I'm like, no. <laughs> Maybe from your end. <laughs> this mask should go here. <laughs> I love her, though. It's great. It's different. <laughs>